Boys Club. Is it called Boys Club because my apartment looks like a boy lives in it? I wouldn't say a boy lives in it. I would say a boy is kidnapped somewhere in here. Boys Club. We're everything. We're true crime. We're, we're world true, star hip hop. world star hip hop. We're Netflix reviews. Stories of the day. Boys Club. Listen. Yeah, do it. We're on iTunes. We're on Spotify. Uh, I think. Uh, no, we're not. And on Google Play. Nobody gives a shit. Boys Club. Boys Club Podcast. Now with 90% more sound clips of black people. Boys Club. Touch me and I'll sue you. Here at Intoxia Reviews, we intellectually dissect the art of cinema, scene by scene. Here's some clips. Oh, he is. It's just a fucking big wooden doll full of cum, chasing kids around. <laughs> you look up guys who poop in a bag. I think that's where you'll find them. Because he is hurt. It's probably just in your search history anyway, isn't it? This movie fucking blows. So don't forget to subscribe to Intoxicated Reviews on all places you find podcasts. Except Spotify. We're working on it. Do not take product if you are hypersensitive. Oh, hey, Internet. Welcome back to the Intoxicated Podcast. This is the comedy podcast that gets personal based in Halifax, Nova Scotia. I'm your host, Sarah McClellan. And every week on Intoxicated, I talk to friends, comedians, and various guests about life while drinking. This is another over two hour long episode for you guys this week. So I'm going to literally get right to it. I'm going to keep this intro under three minutes because every single intro I say, I'm going to cut right to it. And then I yammer, yammer on. Um, This is a great fucking episode. This week, I welcome comedian and new pal, Kyle Carpenter. He has been around the Halifax comedy scene for about a year now. And we hung out one night at karaoke. And I knew that he was someone that I could have on the podcast. This one was fucking great. We drank some scotch and we talked a lot about life. We talked a lot about how we interact with people and how we're constantly seeking validation and we're people pleasers. Talked some body confidence stuff. It's just a great, well-rounded conversation. Also, we talked for like, I think one or two hours after we recorded as well. And we have some exciting ideas um, that hopefully we can work together on going forward. Kyle's a great fucking guy and super duper funny. So give him a follow on Twitter. He's at KCARCFH on Twitter. So give him a follow. And speaking of social media, make sure you're following Intoxicated on there. That is Facebook and Instagram, Intoxicated Podcast on Twitter. We are in underscore toxicated. If you love the show, do make sure you are subscribed on whatever podcast app you use. You can also leave an iTunes rating or review if you're so inclined. And if you really dig everything, you can check Intoxicated out on Patreon. You can also email your questions, comments, and feedback to intoxicatedpodcast at gmail.com. That's it, guys. I'm keeping this intro short because this is a longer episode for a reason. It was tons of fun. I hope you guys like it. So please enjoy this episode with Kyle Carpenter. It's funny when you work for yourself Mm -hmm. because sometimes panic's the only way you can really put in (laughs) like a full like eight to ten hours. Eight to ten hours. Yeah, exactly. uh, Do you work well under pressure? uh, It depends. Yeah. It depends. I need a bit of pressure. 
Yeah. Um, but too much, I will shut down. Oh my God. Shut down hard. Fucking feel you, man. Yeah. I just worked an event. So we had a big work event on Monday. Oh, yeah. And it was, uh, it, um, I'm kind of the type that like the Friday before the event, I was staying late at work. My boss was like, you need to leave. You need to leave. Just go home. And I was like, no, like when I'm in the event mode, like I want to get as much done as possible before the day of the event because the day of the event, I'm going to be pulled in a thousand directions. I'm not going to be able to get done what I need to get done. And I was like, okay, Monday comes and it was just utter, utter chaos. I didn't have a sip of water all day because I was doing set up, tear down. It was like maybe two hours of like computer time. Not even. Maybe an hour and a half where I was at my desk checking email. And then it was just I was in setup mode. And I was just like, why the fuck do I do this? Every single Every single time I have an event, I'm like, why did I choose this profession? It's so stressful. Yeah. It's so physically, um, like, it's physical. So not only am I problem solving, multitasking, like, doing all this stuff, but I'm, like, lifting things. I'm, like, dragging things over here. And then, meanwhile, people are emailing me questions. And, like, I really should get in the habit of just making an out of office. Yeah. I'm setting up for an event right now. If you need to reach me, you can try my phone, but chances are it's not on me. Yeah. Because most of my clothes don't have pockets, so <laughs> my phone is, like, away from me. Yeah. I'm getting calls, and then I'm, oh, it's just, it was a 12-hour day. It was insane. I um, This was Monday. I spent a summer working for a lantern festival. Oh, wow. In, in Victoria. Yeah. Uh, and I was just, I sort of ran the studio for all the volunteers. And um, that was, no, that was a sweet gig. Was it? Oh, you oh, liked it. Okay. It was so much fun. Yeah. Um, but that was one of those things where we're all building to this thing for like months, and then it's five days of just the most insanity, chaos, chaos, utter. Yeah. There's no way that any event planner, no matter how good you are, has an event go 100 percent smooth. No. Yeah, you have to. I will say the people I know who work in like production for that stuff are the most competent, like insanely, intimidatingly, just good at things people I've ever met. Right. Like, and it takes a long time to get there. Yeah. That's the thing. Like, it's, it, it it's years of experience and years of, of doing it. And it's just like for me, like, I'm used to working small events. This event that I had on Monday was for 400 to 450 people, which I think is, Pretty, it's on the larger scale. It's not a festival or anything. Sure. But like, I'm used to like organizing little workshops and like, yeah. like this was just on a different scale. And I was just, and everyone kept complimenting me. And then I, and then I couldn't help but think, are you complimenting me because you know I'm freaking out and you want me to feel better? Or are you complimenting me because you think I actually did a good job? It's not worth asking that question. <laughs> I like, love that. I know. It yeah, really isn't. Like, just take it. I take know. it and run, you know? I'm starting to realize, like, as an adult, the 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 benefit to doing that. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Like, there's no second guessing. There's no point. It's just a waste of time. Usually. It like, doesn't serve you. And most of the time it's because, you know, you, not you, but, you know, generally people aren't good at just accepting they might be okay at something or that people have good feelings towards them. Yeah. So that's usually coming more from you than from. And it's also a perfectionist mentality right? because I think it's kind of like comedians. Like I know so many comics that I don't say good set after they have a good set because I know that they're just thinking of 
how they could be better. Oh, that's right. And they're just they're just picking themselves apart. Yeah. So I usually don't even say anything. Huh. Yeah. Because because it just turns into ah, yeah, well, this one joke didn't quite land how I want it. Like Chris Aleph uh, does that a lot. Uh, Shout out Chris. Chris. Yeah. Chris. Yeah, but he's so good. Like he's he's yeah. really like I think he's like so talented and doesn't give himself enough cred, but I don't think any of us do. Yeah, yeah, that's funny. I recently told Chris I think he and I are like yin and yang a little bit interesting because i think we have similar styles but yeah he tends towards a little more a little meaner <laughs> yeah and i'm just i'm a little bit nicer but the way that we deliver those energies is similar like similar. you guys could be in the buddy cop movie together oh yeah that would be a boring comedy <laughs> though Oh, what man. would it be titled is the main question. White guys. Like, come <laughs> White on. Guys. I forgot the fucking whiskey. Ah. Oh, nuts. This fucking whiskey has been at my place forever. So okay. I'm not opposed to drinking it all tonight, to be honest. Perfect. Uh, it's been a while. It's been a while. <laughs> so where do we start? We are going to start right fucking now, baby. Okay. We are on the Intoxicated Podcast, nope. and I'm here with comedian Kyle Carpenter. Hi. You are not a carpenter. I'm not, although funny, my brother is. Your brother is? Yeah. Oh, shit. Yeah, yeah. He only, and recently, too, so like, he was mm. an adult, and he went in and he got his uh, ticket. Oh, wow. Yeah, which was not where he was going. He's a musician. Oh, okay. But... Uh, studied jazz drumming. Fascinating. Yeah, he's he's awesome. Oh, not because wow. he loves jazz. <laughs> um, You're not a jazz fan. I mean, I it's it's a whole world that I know. Like, yeah, I'd have to put work into it totally to love it. And I know how I am. Yeah, and I know how much work I would put in. <laughs> so I'm kind of yeah. like, ah, oh, it just seems like a precipice I'm not ready for. Jazz fans like are like I've never met a jazz fan that wasn't a hardcore jazz fan. Yeah. I think that's right. Like people who like jazz really, really fucking love jazz. You gotta like the initial investment is huge. Yeah. You gotta train your ear, you have to know the history, like it's a lot. It's a lot. I appreciate it. Yeah. Like when Jazz Fest comes around, I'm always just kinda like here in Halifax they do the, the Jazz Fest every year. And I'm always like, I should go check out more shows, but there's a lot of things I should do that I don't. Sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um well, Eddie, Paul, my brother, studied jazz because I think when you uh, really like want to be a musician, mm-hmm. you ch- you study jazz or classical, right? One of one the or two. the other, one of the two, yeah. Because like that's where you'll get the chops, and then that can apply to like all other genres, kind of basically. Flow over. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. That's so, too cool. So uh, Kyle Carpenter, yeah, hi, finally, hi. Thanks. Oh my god. So this is. I'm so glad we're here. So cheers, first of all. Cheers. Ooh, we are drinking. Mm. I'm going to just drink it without the ginger ale first. Mm. See how that hits. Oh, I actually don't mind it without the ginger ale. Yeah, but I am going to nice put a splash. little bit of peat there. <laughs> just a small sp- splash. Uh, I don't know if I'm allowed to plug this, but Johnny Walker Black is what we are drinking tonight. <laughs> I don't think they need the plug. <laughs> I don't I think, think they need the plug. I think but they're, they're pretty well known. We plug in them anyway. Yeah. Just in case. But this is interesting because when I asked you what you like, what you were into in terms of booze, you pretty much listed all 
alcohols. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> part of that is I don't want to be difficult. Oh, okay. <laughs> but I do like I like everything. You like everything. Yeah. Okay. What would you say is like your like we're drinking whiskey tonight, and yeah. I also think that part of me was like. I like you mentioned blowing off steam and like I'd like to blow off some steam and when that's the case I like things that hurt going down <laughs> like yeah. a little stronger a little more of a sipping punch that's funny for me for me that is like that's almost a safety guard yeah because like uh the the booze that gets me drunk these days is rum oh, yeah, if I'm yeah. Yeah, if I'm gonna like drink, I'm like oh, I want to drink. Mm, it's I'll rum. Get, I'll rum and coke, and nice. then I'll just pour stiff rum and cokes, and then like three drinks later, like I'm feeling it. Oh, very nice. Yeah. So rum is kind of like your your poison. If you uh, had, if yeah, desert island drink. Yeah, I'm moving. This. Which which would be a great desert island drink. That's true. Yeah, a lot of um, rum. coconuts. A lot of Pirates of the Caribbean. Yeah, references. Yeah. Sure. Uh, but yeah, scotch was um, scotch was a a great love of mine oh. for some time. I used to say it was the the longest relationship I'd and, ever had. Ah, <laughs> oh, used to not and anymore. Yeah, that's yeah, that's true. That's <laughs> it's been eclipsed by an actual relationship. Which, <laughs> well, maybe it was longer than your current. No, I don't no, think so. Really? Okay, interesting. Well, my dad drinks a lot of it. Yeah, and um, I've always considered it to be a very grown up. Like no bullshit drink, yeah, and that's why I've my relationship with it is is like I still don't like love the like like absolutely love the taste of it, but I'm getting there, right? And I'm figuring out like I do really like this one, mm-hmm. and I like the bullet bourbon. Oh yeah, 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 as well. Yeah, and you know I'm just figuring out like okay if I mix it with some ice and just kind of water it down a smidge, I can do it. Yeah. But I'm not to the point where I could just drink it straight without without ice or water or yeah. a slash of something. I was for a bit. But you know what? I think it's better with a bit of ice. It is. Yeah. I like cold alcohol. Like, I, I don't like warm yeah. alcohol. I'm and, a, kind of an ice snob. And it, it's almost easier to taste it. Mm-hmm. It blooms. I think that's a word people use. Blooms. blooms. Ooh, that we getting fancy up in this mm. bitch. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm so excited that you're here because we've been trying to record for a bit. And it's interesting because you reached out to me at a time when I was like kind of dealing, <laughs> right? Sort of dealing with some like people who weren't asking to come on in nice ways, and I made a status, and yeah. you were so sweet because you were like, <laughs> you were like, "Hey, I just saw your status. I, I just want to let you know that I, I'd love to come on sometime." And I was like, "Kyle, of course." <laughs> I was like, "I probably would have like asked you anyway." Well. Yeah, I think At you were complaining point. about people who'd, you know, performed maybe three times, kind of cockily saying, yeah, I might do your show sometime. Yeah. When's, well, yeah, more of like, when's my interview? Like, bitch, oh. bitch, even, even the pro comics in this city aren't that entitled. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I, I saw that and I was like, I can do this better. You can do this better. <laughs> and you did. And what's crazy about it is, it's so strange because I see a lot of, like, kind of i'll say newer like you've only you've been here for about a year yeah so you're pretty not new anymore but we didn't have a lot of interactions before the night at beerly's where we did karaoke together oh right 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 yeah like when we hung out that night was that the night Brittany left yes yeah 
So that night I was like, I really like Kyle. Because like, you can see people on stage and go, they're really funny. And like, I think I get along with them. But it's not until you have these like, like kind of micro interactions Mm -hmm. with people where I'm like, oh, I could really have a conversation or like I could really like get into it with this person Um, in a good way. Get into it. (laughs) Uh, So I really had a lot of fun that night. And you sang... What karaoke song did you um, sing? I really trying to think. approved of it, though. It was like such a good karaoke song. It might have been Bohemian Like You. Yes! Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. Where's my bell? I need the, I need the validation bell. That's Yay! a ding. It's a ding. It's a ding. That's awesome. Yeah, that uh, when you did that, I was like, we going to get along. <laughs> I think we were like kind of shooting the shit about 90s music a bit and stuff. And I was like, fuck yeah, yeah, that's, yeah, fuck yeah. That is the most... Um, the Onion just published an article saying... A dude in his 30s wants to hang out and just talk about stuff from the 90s. (laughs) And I was like, no. No. Because I think when I read that, I just visited a friend in Ottawa. And we'll we drink a few beers, and then like at 3 a.m. we're watching like, hey, you remember Salmon Blaster? (laughs) Nobody remembers Salmon Blaster. Or like you get into like old commercials yeah. from the nineties. Yeah. Or like just like stuff that much music pushed back when. <gasps> like I think we watched three Zucker Baby songs, like videos. I didn't know that. They were from Calgary Zucker in like ninety six, I oh wanna my say. God. Wow. They had a very high falsetto. Was, wow. Yeah. Well, much music, like those were I was obsessed with much music growing up. Yeah. Like, I used to want to be a VJ, much music VJ. That makes sense. Yeah, like... You'd be a great VJ. Oh, thanks. I mean, I I, I, I don't... <laughs> we talked about this before, but, like, I'm so bad at taking compliments. <laughs> I instantly go to, like, no, I suck at it. Ugh, it's a struggle. Yeah. Being, learning how but, to take a compliment. Fuck. Well, we can we can move over it. We can move over past, it. But, um, yeah, I love much music. Yeah, it was so great. Back... Because they played music, which I think even MTV had stopped doing. Yeah. And um, I like to say I was a nerd growing up. Still mm-hmm. am a nerd. Mm-hmm. But at some point I figured out if I turn my nerd powers <laughs> of just being like obsessed and learning a lot really mm-hmm. fast uh, to music, then I'll be cool. Yeah. And it, it kind of worked. Hell yeah. Yeah. Oh, fuck Yeah. Yeah, that's a skill that can transfer over to many things. Yeah, it's just be enthusiastic about things. Yeah. Easy. Passionate. Yeah. Wanting to learn. Exactly. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, I love that. Much music was... And I liked much music because it was... They would play music videos, but then they'd also do a lot of, like, obviously interviews or, like, those, like, shows where it would be, like, a band would come on and, like, play some songs and then do interviews and then play some songs. And, and I used to tape those things. Yeah. I used to watch it live and tape it. And then rewatch the tape in. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was me. Ah, uh, love <laughs> the it. Just tapes. I remember staying home sick and watching it all day, and then fi- <laughs> like watching when they repeated the yes! eight-hour programming block. Yeah. Oh, so good. So good. I feel like those days are gone. Definitely, they're definitely are. those days are gone. Yeah, yeah. It's fucked. Like, I mean, granted, I don't watch. Uh, oh, I got a tender message. Ooh. Uh, <laughs> I missed Tinder completely. Did you really? I did. Yeah, yeah. You've never been on it? Never. I've been with my uh, partner, my girlfriend, for 11 years now. That's a long time. That's a long time. So so you're how old? 30? 38. Just turned. 38. So you've been with her since 
Twenty twenty math. Twenty seven. Seven. Yeah. Oh wow. Holy crap. That's. Um. I'm sorry. Did I? Did I just existential crisis? A little bit. A little bit. Hey, ain't nothing wrong with that. No, I like it. Yeah, yeah. Um, And actually, that's a good time to get into a relationship, like your late twenties. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's funny. Like it just worked. Yeah. That's not true. It took a lot of work. (laughs) She didn't like me that much initially. I love when I hear stories about this. Yeah. Because it gives me hope that the guys that don't like me will Mm. eventually like me. (laughs) I really, I don't know if that's a good strategy. Probably not. Like it worked out for me, but I really don't want to give like survivor bias, you know? Yeah, yeah, like it worked for me, so it'll work for you. Yeah, I can't, I can't give that. It was, she won't like that I'm telling this yeah, story. Yeah. I've told it before, but yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, like it took a year of me being like, oh my god, I hope she. Oh god, <gasps> what is even happening right now? Oh, I think anxious, friends, anxious energy, yeah, definitely. Friends were worried about me. I think nobody said so, but I could see it in their eyes. So, do you mean like when you got together, you were? Yeah. Nervous and overthinking and Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well she's kind of um Oh, we shouldn't get into this. No. Okay. She's <laughs> she's not over emotive. Uh-huh. And I need validation all the time. Well that that's actually a great segue into this subject about because we also talked about this yeah. after the comedy show recently. Um about wanting wanting validation and like wanting to be liked. Yeah. Um, which is something that's hard to navigate sometimes and hard to get over. Yes. And I don't know, and maybe it's something that we don't get over, but we just learn to manage it better. Because I'm the same way. I'm mm-hmm. very much so a people pleaser. Yep. I want to make people happy and I'll like kind of go to, like I realized today that like even when I'm out walking in the world, I will go out of my way to make things easier for other people. Like, I will not cross the street if I feel it's an inconvenience for the car. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> Stuff like that. Sure, sure That's, yeah. like, kind of ridiculous. Yep. And I'm just like, oh, I don't want to be a bother. I don't, like, and I don't want this driver to think I'm jutting out. Like. I'm acting like I'm surprised. I've totally done that. Yeah? For sure. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Okay. Yeah, okay, so I'm not the only one. But, uh. Yeah, I'll definitely like watch the traffic and kind of wait till there's like a, a real break and then um, and then go. Yeah, for sure. I do that all the time. But also, too, I think it's I think it is also a, a trust thing because I've made a lot of new friends like through hanging out with comics and stuff. And there's like certain people who I know I can't fuck up with. At this point, oh, like I'm like, oh, okay, they they just like they're just they like me and it'll be fine. They're like a true friend. Yeah. Then there's other people that I'm like, I don't know. I feel like I might piss them off. Still, could go either way. Could go either way. Sure. And it's just it's it's a tricky thing to navigate in adult life where we're all walking around probably with undiagnosed mental illnesses. Yeah, yeah. In many cases, diagnosed. <laughs> or diagnosed. Sure, yeah. Lucky bastards. Uh, I'm yeah. not diagnosed with anything, but I think I have quite a bit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> anxiety and depression. Good, sure. Good old cocktail of anxiety and depression for me. On that note. Ooh, get more whiskey. I am yes. going to have a bit more. This is exciting. This is actually really good, and I'm enjoying it quite a bit. I like a sipping drink. Yeah, me too. It's a good change. Because vodka sodas is what I normally drink, and I'm just, like, funneling those back. Right. 
and it, it's more patience. One thing I'll say, I, I am a sit-down drinker mm-hmm. and conversationalist. When I'm standing, I'm awkward. I don't like it. Like, so in bar or party <coughs> situations? <coughs> don't die on me. Pardon. Um, yeah, well, when it's like, uh, okay, Hell of Hells, a networking event. Oh, thank you for saying Hell of Hells, because yeah. you're so right. Yeah. But that's like, that's a stand-up energy, and you kind of have these weird, loose conglomerations, like circles of people. Yeah. And, like, everybody's, like, every, like they're designed to keep people out. Yeah, they way. really, really are. Everyone's uncomfortable. Do you think? A little bit. You're standing. But here's the thing. I, I know so many people who, like, actively seek out networking events and go and are excited to go. And I'm like, maybe I don't know who you are. Or what you smoking? Mm. But like that ain't me. Like, I'll go if I have to for work. Like if a wor- if my work is like, you got to go to this event and talk about this thing. I'll try my best, but it's fucking hard. Yeah, yeah. I think I don't know, but like I like this. I like sitting down, yeah. sharing some drinks, just chatting. So you're you would be like more of a pub guy versus a club guy. Oh, look at me. Obviously, <laughs> but you know. Because, I mean, we did karaoke. You had fun at karaoke. Yeah, yeah, karaoke. Um, do you dance? Um, I have. <laughs> I've danced once or twice in my life. <laughs> no, I haven't enjoyed it. It's just been a long time. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. I know, right? Yeah. Well, that's the thing. Like, I'm like, I feel like dance parties, they're so fun. Actually, the party that you missed, Ian Black's party. Oh, yeah. Um, There was some dancing. Ah, uh, shit. Actually, you know, it was the best. Hmm. One time I went to a party a friend held. It was a grade seven slow dance party. Shut the fuck up. So everybody no. brought mix CDs with their like grade seven jams and put it. We played it on a boom box and everybody did this thing. Oh, my God. But it was so nice because you dance with everybody because like that's not the theme. that's the theme. It's not a sexual no, dance, like it's kind of funny. It's yeah, it's funny. Like we're having fun, and you just like kind of chatted and kind of got the the thrill of dancing with somebody. I love that. It so was much. the best. That's amazing. I don't know. I've only been to one. It should be common. Well, we should throw some sort of like yeah, we should have a grade seven dance party night that, somewhere. I think that would. I think that would sell tickets. Uh, I mean, there's retro nights all over Halifax, but TBH, like, they're full of college kids that, like, you know. Yeah. It's like you fully don't know this music. Yeah, well, that's <laughs> fine. I uh, I taught college kids for a while. Mm-hmm. Oh, and, did you? Yeah, I did. Yeah. Oh, nice. Um, I have an unfinished PhD in English. Oh. And I uh, taught first years, and um, every year I would ask them, okay, just so I don't lose touch, what do you listen to? What's a band you like or music that you like so that I know because I am going to lose touch so fast. And I hit the point where a student of mine said, I listen to a lot of bands like Third Eye Blind and Jimmy Eat World. (laughs) I wish I'd been a teenager in the early 2000s <laughs> when music really meant something. Oh, God. I'm glad they're listening to it, though. I mm, Pardon me? For me, that was a reckoning, because like, I didn't think much of that music when it was happening. Oh, yeah. But I also knew like I was the guy being like, 
late nineties, early two thousands, like listening to the Pixies and Pavement and being right. like, "This is the cool stuff." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is what really matters. <laughs> And, and then you realize, like, everybody does that. Everybody, everybody does just that. goes back to, like, you know, not not their parents' music, but, like, in between. Yeah. Like, yeah. I was heavily influenced by my si- my sisters. Yeah. Who are more in your age bracket. Yeah. Um, like, late 30s, like, early 40s. Um, and so what they were listening to really trickled down to me. Yeah. Um, so one of my early influences was Bon Jovi. I know, I know, I know. (laughs) I know. No, it's great. great. So fucking cheesy. It's, it it is cheesy, but like as as a genre, it's cheesy. Yes. You know, like it's, it's supposed to be cheesy. It was the always music video with Carrie Russell when she, and the hot brunette who I forget her name, but she's so hot. And she's like actually an actress still to this day. Right. Like, what's her name? Like Carly something? She was in the house on Haunted Hill or whatever that show was. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Ha- the Haunting of Hill House. There it yeah, is. Yeah. She was in that and she was in the Bon Jovi music video. And when I saw the hot brunette, I was like, that's like, that's my definition of what femininity is and what I want to be. Right. As a young girl, I saw that in the music video. Oh, Granted, man. she got cheated on and stuff, so it wasn't the best storyline. But Right. <laughs> Still, that's passionate, you know. That's tells a story. It was very dramatic, yeah, and a lot of wind machines at Bon Jovi with his hair blowing in the wind. <laughs> I, the most surprising wind machine I've ever seen of a concert was at Sparkle Horse. Sparkle. Horse. I don't know if you know this no. guy. He is Who's Sparkle Horse. It's the saddest music. Mm. It's so sad. Oh, and then it's great. Yeah. <laughs> Oh. You said sad. You sold me on sad. Oh, he's so good. Um, but uh, yeah, he. Uh, I saw him live at Richards on Richards in Vancouver. That's a beloved venue that shut down years ago. That's a great name. It was great. Is it, was it on a street called Richards? Richards? Yeah, amazing. Yeah, and uh, weirdly, like he just—it's the most like bedroom. Like I wish I had, but. <laughs> He had a wind machine blowing on his hair, and I really couldn't tell if it was like, are you being epic? <laughs> or are you warm? Or are you warm? It, it could be both. Yeah. I, I love a wind machine. It was out of place, but I'm really glad I got to see him. That's so fucking funny. Yeah. <laughs> are you a big concert guy? Do you go to a lot of concerts? Uh, not a lot, nah, but... Yeah. but not none. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like a, a number. I feel like as you get older, it becomes less. Yeah. I saw like a, I don't, yeah, it might have been Reductress or, or one of those sites. Oh, yeah, yeah. That yeah. was like a picture of a concert venue and it was like all attendees in their 30s I and all I just shared staff. this article. <gasps> well, maybe it was, maybe yeah. I saw it through you. I think so. It was the hard times. Yeah, pretend that they're having um, fun or something like that. Oh, no, no. This one I saw was... Um, band attendees and venue staff all agree they're too Joel old for, for this the shit. shit. That's what it I was. was. Like, I was like, I identify with that hardcore. What was your best top concert? That's hard to say. Top three. <sighs> I mean, like, I'm. I've talked about this before, but like, I'm a rock chick, but I have heavy pop influences. Heavy, heavy, heavy pop. Okay. But like, my you know core what? is rock. I think I knew that about you. Yeah. Just like all of those things. But like, but that's the thing. I feel like people look at a fan, someone who's a fan of pop music, and it's instantly, 
like a social justice warrior for pop music, but it's instantly stigmatized or looked down upon. Um, I think I, I see what you're saying. But I think it's changing. I think it's changing for sure. Because there's so many like overlaps now. Like pop isn't yeah. just one thing anymore. I think like if you you need to reckon with the greatness of Robin. Yeah. And if you can do that, then the rest comes. Absolutely. Right. Like should go on a landscape yeah. picture. <laughs> that quote like, needs to go on a landscape picture. Yeah, watch watch the video for Call Your Girlfriend <sighs> and just like deal with how amazing that song and those dances are and then yeah and then just enjoy pop life's too short that's exactly what it is so when i think of my top three it's funny you mentioned third eye blind they're one of my faves great um but i'm I'm not just someone who listens to semi-term life and says that they're I get like okay. I go deep into their albums and shit. Yeah, but I saw them at Casino Nova Scotia here in town, like back in twenty twelve, maybe twenty thirteen. Nice. And actually, Andrew Vaughn, I think, was at that same show. Nice. Um, and a bunch of friends in my life were also at that same show, and we hadn't met at that point. But it was like a smaller concert. I was like front row, and it was just amazing. I just there was nothing like it. I don't know, like that really sticks out to me. And then I also saw it was front row for Katy Perry too. I got upgraded to it. Sure, sure. And then I also I would say the third would probably be like the Taylor Swift nineteen eighty nine. Nice. World tour. Where I was in the nosebleed section though. So all those shows were like good in different ways. Yeah. You know? What about you? What was your top three? James Brown. I saw James Brown? Yeah. Holy shit. On one of his last tours. I don't know if it was his last one. Oh, wow. But it was awesome. Um, hardest working man in show business. Mm. That's a, I'm a witness. At, yeah, incredible. You saw it, yeah. yeah. You saw it firsthand. Um, do Make Say Think, who mm. were part of the like post-rock like uh, Montreal bands from the late 90s. Oh, cool. Okay. They were like, related to Godspeed, You Black Emperor. And third... <sighs> The third is like where it kind of gets crowded. Yeah. So I know it's tough. Oh yeah, no, no, I've got an answer. Uh, Wolf Parade. Oh yeah, is okay. one of one of my favorite nice. bands. They recently got back together. Mm-hmm. They had it was a big publicized thing. They were going to have a reunion show in Brooklyn, mm. um, and it was going to be a big deal, and except. They're from Vancouver Island, and my brother said, hey, uh, Wolf Parade's having a secret show <gasps> in Nanaimo, and my band's opening for them. Oh, you should come. So they had the end. Yeah, it was like the night before they flew to Brooklyn. Oh, fuck. And uh, it was the first time and only time that will ever happen that I was at an event uh, that Pitchfork reported on the day after because they didn't know in advance. Wow. It was awesome. God damn. Yeah, there's something about a secret show. There's something about about the idea of like the spontaneity and like the White Stripes did that here in Halifax like years and years and years ago. I've heard, I've heard tales. And it was so crazy because I, I started a new job and I was like a fresh new employee and I was just like beyond anxious but I went up to my boss and I was like, can I leave work early to go? Try to track track down the secret show because I was following like updates, being like, it might be here, it might be oh. there, it might be on Citadel Hill, it might be on the Dartmouth Ferry, and then eventually it was like, it's at Locust, this like 
little club downtown. And we ran to get there. Yeah. And as we got there, people were leaving. And they were going, what a show. Oh, my God. And I'll never forget that feeling of, like, we were so close. We could have maybe heard the last song if we had been a little quicker. I'm so sorry. I know. It was like White Stripes, oh. too. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, that's the thing. Like, there's certain bands that I'm like, I might not know everything, but I would go see live in a second because I appreciate them so much. And that's White Stripes for me. Like, yeah. I would fucking love to see them. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. That makes sense. I actually just They're had a right. memory pop up the other day of a, a video that I took from the Stone Temple Pilots concert. Oh, yeah. That R.I.P. Scott Whelan. But, oh, yeah, I, I, got, to, I got to yeah. see them. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Yeah, it was great. It was a clip of Sour Girl, which is such a good song. Yeah. Yeah, great. I'm, that early '90s moment, I think it's a little, um, a little crapped on now. It is because I, I think because it kind of led to that whole Nickelback throat yes. rock thing. So people hear those like voices, and they're like, Ugh. and there were so many bands that came out around when Nickelback yeah. that. Like people would say, like Nickelback Light. Like I think Three of a Dead right. Man. Yeah, Puddle default. of Mud. Puddle of Mud. Sure, which yeah. They have some good fucking songs. Uh, I'll take your word on that one. <laughs> I, <laughs> she fucking hates me. It's so good. Uh oh yeah okay. <laughs> I'm gonna disagree. respect. I'm gonna respectfully disagree. Oh really? I'm sorry. You don't like she fucking hates me? I don't. No. Oh no, Kyle. It's okay. I don't want to start a fight. We 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 will agree to disagree. Yeah. Yeah. Fine. Actually, I had this conversation with uh, Mark Anthony Sinagoga, who came on. Oh, we yeah. got into it about music, um, and we we got on the subject of the tragically hip and how um, he thinks Rush is the better Canadian band. Ooh. <laughs> Throwback. I can see why someone would make that argument. I disagree. Yeah. But I, I can see where un- that would come from. It's understandable. Yeah. See, and I think true fans of music look at things like that. They don't go, you're wrong. Yeah. They just go, like, that, that's not what I think, but cool. I One thing I try to do is um, if I listen to music, I try to think, if I were someone who liked this, what would I like about it? Yeah. That's a great way to look at it. And like, Yeah. And it's it's led me to like kind of like some more things than I normally would because I was definitely I got over it, but I was a serious young man. Yeah, you know that that genre of person the the serious young man. Like, <laughs> mm, this pop music is garbage. It doesn't deal with real feelings like that. So, question for you: Yeah, did you ever see High Fidelity? So many times. Okay, so I figured. Yeah, like that was that was one of like my roommates and I would watch that anytime yes. we were hungover. Yes, because someone had the VHS. So yeah, like constantly. So you constantly. were you were a Rob Gordon. We all were. It was yes. awful. We were insufferable. <laughs> I love, it. I love it so much. We were insufferable. I mean, I think it's a growing phase, and when you're a and I think young men are just super susceptible to it. Yeah. Like it's a way of figuring out who you are. But Absolutely. It's, it is a thing to let go of as soon as, as possible. possible. Oh, God. Yeah. To take things so seriously that you get upset. 
yeah. at people who have different opinions than you yeah, rather yeah. than rather than like having just a conversation like because uh, especially on the topic of music people are passionate about it so it's like why not like let's just talk logically about how we're both passionate about these two bands rather than like no you're wrong we i had two like a group of male friends that got into a legit fight Ooh. over what the best tea party album was <laughs> <laughs> but it like it it went it the answer just, being the doors. Oh, <laughs> well, see, I don't know. I, I just kind of stood the fuck out of that. I was like, it was like Homer backing into the bushes. I was like, right. <laughs> yeah. Like this this conversation isn't for me because one, I'm not a tea, not really a Tea Party fan, but I appreciate them. But yeah, I just I, don't know their music as well. But it was just funny to me seeing that and seeing certain male friends get like just so worked up and so upset. It's a weird because. They're all fans of the Tea Party. Exactly. Like, yeah. And that's not that common anymore, you know? Like, <laughs> it's true. You've actually just found a point of commonality. Yeah. Like, bond over that. Bond over, the, bond over the fact that you all love the same band. Yeah. That's insane. Yeah. No, I know. Ugh. Yeah. God, we're obnoxious. <laughs> it sucks. It sucks. But yeah. Did you ever have a band growing up that you were like obsessed with, like to an ex- like, like to an extreme degree? That's a good question. Oh, I don't know. I have so many bands that I love. Yeah. Um, but I don't know that I've had one that was like, "This is obsessed, yeah. who I am." Yeah, I'm a fan of this band. You're kind of more open. I had a. I was hungry for music. Like I wanted oh, I like to that. find things that were like this is something that I. I was looking for new things mm-hmm. and trying to throw my understanding at them to oh, like figure God. out like okay so this is what they're doing that's cool yeah um yeah I will say stars set yourself on fire oh. carried me through three breakups stars set your and this is an album set yourself on fire by the band yeah, stars that's right it was it's a very it's a very breakup album and it got you through three three mm. wow yep. Yep, yep, yep it's yeah it is crazy because i had a i actually had a band on the podcast recently they're like kind of an emo punk band and here in halifax nice. and um and they and i because i asked them because i listened to their ep which is actually quite good i was like do you guys consider this a breakup album and they're like we try not to call it that and i was like but it's so true because there's some albums that are literally heartbreak albums yeah there's nothing wrong with that own it yeah i fucking love breakup albums i i write uh during the day and when i'm trying to focus in i listen to either something with no lyrics or the saddest lyrics i can find really i don't know what it is it focuses me really i don't know why. but like are like and this is what I always find fascinating because everyone approaches music in a different way. Like I'm very much so like if I'm sad, I want to listen to sad. If I'm happy, I want to listen to happy. But it's interesting to me when like you're happy, but you listen to sad music. Yeah, I wouldn't. I mean, when I'm working or writing, I don't. Happy's not quite it. <laughs> True. Fair enough. I'm not upset. No, it's just you're working. I'm working. I'm You're trying. Working. To, I'm working on. Something. So that's interesting that that the sad music makes you productive. Yeah, like I don't know. It puts me in the thing of like, okay, what next? 
Really? A little bit, yeah. See, because I find I can't listen to anything when I'm trying to be, get stuff done. Even podcasts, which are normally always in my ear. Ooh. Like, I usually well, that, have a podcast in my ear at all times. Yeah. But when I'm actually at my, like, day job, like, working, yeah. I can't. No way I could do podcasts. No, it's too no much. No way. Yeah. When I'm, okay, now, that said, I think it's just different kinds of productivity. If it's work, work, can't True. do. If it's cleaning. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. Best. Yep. Throw on an audiobook or podcast or like a whole album that you really, really like. Yeah, for sure. That is like my, or I would say cleaning and commuting. Yep. Yeah, it's I was listening to a podcast on the way over here. There you go. Yeah. I mean, they're everywhere. Of course. It's all, it's all point. <laughs> That's why we're here. Hey, everybody, subscribe to this podcast. Subscribe to right Intoxicate It, motherfuckers, because I'm ramping this thing up and you're going to want to subscribe. I'm ramping up, too. Do you want, do you want some more ice? Uh, that'd be great. I can some. But lots of music talk. I fucking love talking about music. I actually want to start a music podcast. Music's the best. Yeah, there's a podcast I want to do called Chorus to the Verse, which is oh. my guest picks an album. Sure. And we talk all about that album for the whole episode, mm. track by track. Yep, 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 yeah. Yeah, wouldn't that be fun? That'd be good. I mean, yeah, let's just start another podcast there. When you're overwhelmed with one of them, why not start another and just work yourself to the bone? What's, uh, what's album number one for Chorus mm. to the Verse? Oh, I would, well, because it's Chorus to the Verse, which is a Third Eye Blind reference. Uh, the first episode would be the, the first Third Eye Blind album, sure. which is iconic. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. It would be one hundred percent be that one, and then what I would do is I would get the guests to choose, and I would prep in that I would listen to it before the episode. Yeah, if I hadn't already. So, like, if it was a brand new album, yeah. I would listen to all of it. I'm gonna say I'm gonna admit I shouldn't. Um, I've never listened to the full first Third Eye Blind album. So good because I was a serious young man, and girls like that album. So serious young man. It it accounts for so much. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, absolutely. But, I'm just uh, trying to picture you back then. <laughs> like visually. Uh, I will tell you I have good friends who cannot remember me without my beard. That's really? true. Like I have a friend I played soccer with when we were ten, and he tells me, When I remember playing with you, you had a beard. And and did you? No. So like the beard, when did you start getting growing your beard? I recently celebrated my beard's quinceañera. Which is what? 15 <laughs> years old. Oh shit, okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, okay, so you're 38. So, okay, interesting. Okay. So you've yeah, had it for a 23, while. 24? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh yeah, it's an honest to god bush beard. Nice. I was working in the field. Yeah. And uh, I was just away for a month and a half. No, nobody around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, let's do this, motherfucker. I often think that I wonder, like, if I was a guy, if I would do it. You know what? I have that thought a lot. Imagine if your face (laughs) could naturally produce contour makeup. Yeah, I know. Just on its own. Goddamn. You're right. I think I would keep it tight, though. You got to. Yeah, it's pretty tight. But I mean, there are some guys that I look at that I'm like, you got a long beard. I think if you do long, you have to upkeep that shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you've got to you've got to know there's an aesthetic that you're working towards mm-hmm. uh, and make some decisions about it, I think. Yeah. And yeah, maintenance for sure. Maintenance for sure. Because it's so strange. 
I have a lot of female friends in my life and beards are so polarizing. And when I say that, I mean, it's either a 100% requirement. Right. Or it's a, ew, he has a beard. Yeah. And I'm, I'm fall in the middle where I'm like, mm, I could take it or leave it, but I actually really like beards. It depends. I, yeah. I think like I'm not in the market. Yeah. For, you know. Right. A bearded man. But um, <laughs> I don't know. But I know I definitely see dudes sometimes who I'm like, I see the beard and I'm like, respect. Respect. And then other times I'm like, mm, back to the lab, dude. Like, are you being do, thoughtful about this? Do something. Are you being thoughtful about Like, that should be like yeah. the question. Like, yeah. are you, is there effort that goes into this beard? Yeah. Just like the way that a girl puts effort into her hair. Right. It's a similar thing. Yeah. Which sucks because I fucking suck at hair. And normally, it's up, <laughs> normally on working days, it's up in a ponytail. And I just. I uh, I hit a point in my life when I realized I needed to work on shit. Like hair, hair product. Yeah. Uh, you know, beard stuff. Maintenance, beard oil. Do you use a beard oil? Yeah. 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 Of yeah, course. Of nice. course. Ooh, very uh, nice. Facial moisturizer. Ooh, buzzwords. Yes. Mm-hmm. I love these words. But I think I, I hit a point where I realized I was humble enough to be vain. Mm-hmm. Where I was like, I can't pretend this is just working on its own. <laughs> and I should take some steps to deal with it. So you're... Would you say then... Because I, I feel the same way about myself. Sure. Like, I'm just like, I don't see myself as someone. I don't love myself sans makeup. Right. I will do it, but I'm not going to love it. And I look like I end up looking like I'm 17, 16. Like, I just look so much younger. Hmm. So, like, that's why I put effort into, like, that area. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind of thing where I'm like, I recognize, like, I like, like I just do. Like, and if that's high maintenance, then that's high maintenance. Would you consider yourself high maintenance or medium maintenance or low? In terms of your any, get ready routine, Any maintenance at all. But you do something. I do something. So a lot of guys, I feel I feel like there's this thing on men where a lot of women think that they just roll out of bed. That's not always the case. Sometimes guys do more than that. Sometimes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm not gonna I'm not I'm not gonna pretend like it's a lot. No. Not right. compared to women. Not compared to women. If if yeah. women choose to put that effort in, which right. if you do, yeah, oh yeah. You. Yeah, it's great. But yeah. uh you know, and then uh, you watch any given episode of RuPaul's Drag Race, and you're like, "That's what real effort is. That's artistry. That's artistry and a transformation. It's incredible. Yeah, yeah, it's insane. Yeah, no, that's the thing. I have so much appreciation for it, yeah. and I, I just have appreciation for effort, whether that be effort in yourself or effort in what you do, what like your work, your craft. Like when I see effort, I appreciate it. Yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Because not everyone just rolls out of bed looking great. No. Well. <laughs> some do. Some do. Some fucking model types. And fuck them. Fuck them. Seriously. But also, what kind of life is that? Where, I don't know. Where no one challenges you because you're so good looking. Can I, one of the darkest pleasures I have in life. Ooh. Is when I see a gorgeous couple with an ugly child. <laughs> it's great. It's like. Ah, because you also know 
not adopted because gorgeous people wouldn't choose an ugly baby. They just it's wouldn't. It's true. They, they would wouldn't. be smart enough not to. Yeah. Or like they wouldn't even know. Like they couldn't see an ugly baby. They'd be like, why are you showing us this empty crib? <laughs> so it had to be theirs. It had to be theirs. And, you know, there's just something in their genetics that was like, that doesn't pass on, honey. Oh, my God. That's and, so funny. Uh, oh, I love it so much. Yeah. I feel bad for the kid. <laughs> but I feel no, great about seeing I feel those okay parents. for the kid because they'll find their way. That's true. Yeah, yeah. You know? We all do. We all do. And that's the thing. Like, it, it yeah. Like, I, I feel like it's so easy to get jealous of good looking people, but they have their own set of challenges, I imagine. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck them! Way less than us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's actually very true. Like, I I say that, but at the same time, I'm like, ah, oh, fuck off. It's fine. Yeah, well, I have so many potential boyfriends to choose from. Mm-hmm. How am I going to live? Ugh. Ugh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, a bit, of, a bit of humility is a good thing to have. You know, long yeah. term. Well, we I actually talk a lot about like body confidence and like confidence in yourself on the show a lot, but I rarely get the male perspective. Right, on right, it. right. Because I think that it's one of those things that, like, at least in the media, it's very targeted on women. Like, women need to feel better, and it's like, well, men need to feel better, better too. Yep. I think um, you know, like, I definitely I was a fat kid growing up. Were you really? Sure. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. <face. laughs> um, Did you just go back and picture your childhood? A little me? bit. Yeah. Uh, to the point, actually, I, I saw the um, the Mr. Rogers documentary. Not the new movie, but the uh, Won't You Be My Neighbor. Oh, okay. And um, I went with a good friend of mine, uh, Justin O'Hearn, another comic. who hmm. if he, He's back in Vancouver, but he visits. Hmm. So uh, you should have him on. Sweet. But uh, yeah, Uh, we went together in an afternoon matinee and we said, we're going on a boy's date and we're going to have a nice little boy's cry. So we had a pact that, you know, as soon as you feel it coming, just let it go. Stop. Just let it go. And it was the best. Uh, But it was shocking what made me cry in that movie because it was so it was all like so many things going on. Right. They showed a photo of Fred Rogers as a kid with chubby cheeks, and they called him Fat Fred. Aww. And I started bawling. Because oh. it resonated with you. It, there was something in me that recognized Fat Fred in me, and I was like, I didn't even know. I thought I dealt with it, but it was like... And uh, so I was like, okay, I still have work to do. That's that's good. You know what scares me even more? What's that? Well, actually, that, that didn't scare me. But you know what scares me in general with men is men who, like, never cry. Oh, yeah. Or yeah. never. Like, I mean, you, you can do it however you want. If you want to do it in private. <clears throat> I'm a public crier. I'm really bad for it. Yeah. I said recently that my love language is crying about you in public because it is. Uh-huh. Scott McLean made me cry at Ian Black's party on the weekend. And I cried right in front of everybody. Um, I feel a little like that might be his thing. <laughs> but it was weird.
weird because we're gonna talk because Scott's gonna come back on soon because he's mm-hmm. he's done an episode like a long time ago. But he's yeah, gonna, yeah. I'm gonna fucking comment on it on great when comic he, when he comes on. But it, he was Tony Robbins and me like <sighs> he was getting very um like Sarah like the reason you're single is like you think you're a piece of shit, but you're not. You're so great. You don't give your like it, he wasn't being mean. Yeah, yeah. He was just being honest and in an overly positive way. Yeah, and it made me cry and i was just like in the corner crying and i'm like That's oh my man. god everyone's looking at me everyone's looking at me shit and then his girlfriend like locked eyes with me and she's like look at me let's talk she's like she's like when i cry in public i don't want to draw attention to it so we're just gonna talk here okay she was so great That's shout out so lauren nice. yeah she such a good like, we just met that night but like yeah. such a sweetheart so but, um but i will say one thing uh i realized for me uh, in terms of body image, oh yeah, is um, when I sh- started thinking about how in the gay community there's the word bears. Yes, I was like, oh, <laughs> that's me. Did it make you feel better? Yeah. So, so that's the interesting thing about um, labels, or, yeah. or it really can make you feel like you belong more. It it really did. Like, mm-hmm. that this is a look that, like, some people just have. It's a body type, and it's yeah. a whole style. Yeah. And, like, it works for some people. And I was like, that... Oh, my God. Yeah, that makes sense. Did you feel validated? Yeah. Yeah, yeah definitely. Um, yeah, yeah. It made me wish I was gay. Um, <laughs> you get so much attention. I, I I think I would do okay. Oh yeah, no, hundred percent. Yeah, everyone is someone's foot. <laughs> I was telling Albert Coombs this right that same night at the tea Wait, room. Do you mean like hmm, foot fetish? Is that what you're saying? So uh, I heard this on a podcast. Uh, comedian Jared Freed, who does a podcast, okay. um, said, "If you ever feel, if you ever feeling like no one's attracted to you, just remember that you are every you are somebody's foot." Meaning. People have foot fetishes and they they really like feet. Yeah. And those people might not be like the majority, right. but they're there. Yep. And so everybody is like someone will be attracted to you no matter what, no matter who you are. Yeah. Someone somewhere will. Yeah. Whether or not you find that, I don't know. I think that's, yeah, I think that's <laughs> true. I've definitely seen people who like don't want to be a fetish for someone. Mm, that's interesting. Like in the sense that uh, I saw a tweet once from someone who said they they can't stand chubby chasers because they were overweight and they didn't want to feel like their overweightness was was a turn on specifically. But I was I was a little conflicted about that. Well, because when is it when is it like a fetish and when is it just something you're attracted to? That's that's true. Kind of the main question. A lot of that's just. Um, whether or not society tells you it's tells like, it it's okay, right? Like, because like I know why I'm, aren't why you know are boobs a fetish? Are it's, boobs a fe- like are because like I've had male friends that have admitted to me like like this has happened literally. I'm not attracted to you because you are not as petite as I want. That sucks. That does suck, but I also get it. Yeah. So like, if you're a woman with a little more meat, a little more curves. There are some guys that just aren't into that, and they just like they like a skinny, skinny bitch. That's you know, there's something and to it's, that. And it's it's not it's not fun hearing that, but also like this is just being a woman. Like, they uh, yeah, telling someone yeah 
I think is maybe the line for me. Like, <laughs> yeah. Just so you know, it's like uh, it's like the people saying, "I don't have a lot of availability for your podcast coming up, <laughs> so uh, I'll try to work in." This fucking sucks. I don't think anyone's ever said that to me. Okay. No, I don't think so. Okay. I mean, scheduling can be tricky, but we talked about this before about getting organized and me making a calendly thingy to make oh, yeah. book calendly, appointments. Calendly works. Yeah. Really, it's just me bugging people a lot. But I, I think the arrogance comes from just people assuming that they can come on. Yeah. More so than I'm too busy. Like I had, um, do you know Nathan McIntosh? Oh, I know of him. I yeah. don't know him personally. Great comic. Yeah, sure. Uh, he almost came on the show. Uh, but he, he's like the biggest sweetheart too because he was like, I'm, I'm only home for a couple of days. But like, I'm going to really try to make this work. I'm, I'm really going to try to make this work. And he was so sweet. And this guy is like big time. Like yeah. he's been on Conan. Like, Real deal. And he was like such a genuine person. Like when he canceled, he legit felt bad for canceling on me. Mm. And I was like, don't you worry, boy. That's you have awesome. a spot anytime. Uh, you want to get another drink or pee? No, you should try to get uh, Chris Locke this December. I saw the name, and I'll mm-hmm. have to like check out some of his stuff. He's the best, Chris Locke. Okay, He's the best comedian, eh? Yeah, right, yep. okay, out of Toronto, I think. Okay, but he's for my money is the funniest person in the country. What? Okay, yeah, shit, so good. Oh, I will definitely. And see, thank you for putting that on my radar because I'm really bad at like uh, someone will come to town and I'll message them, and they're like, "I'm only here till tomorrow night." I'm like, "Fuck, yeah. I had gotten on it sooner." I liked. I also just like to kind of look at their comedy as well. He um, get people on, but the funny thing with Chris Locke, I think. See what you think. Interesting. For me, like he was on Serious XM talk comic this year, Mm. but like those competitions do him such a disservice because like it's always seven minute clips that Mm. are social media oriented. Mm. And he will, in an hour, change the world you exist in to produce an hour of entertainment for you. Like, it's a whole different, it's a whole different, like, worldview that you live in when you're watching him do comedy. Wow. And that doesn't come through in a five minute clip. Of course not. You need to go see a whole show. Go see a whole show. Well, I know that he's coming. I know, I think Kyle Bernard is opening. He is, yeah. Yeah, I'm so excited for him. Where is he? Bus Stop Theater? Bus Stop Theater. Interesting. That's where I saw Nathan McIntosh yeah. when you came. So that's really becoming like a spot for traveling comics to do like little one-off shows here. Which I is think, yeah. Great. Probably a little more control. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm going to I'm gonna buy tickets for the early and the late show. You're going to both? I'm going go to go to Will it both. be the same set? Maybe. We'll see. You don't care? I don't you care. You just love it? Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah. Well, now that we're talking comedy, let's fucking talk comedy. Let's talk comedy. Let's talk comedy. comedy. So you're, you've lived in Halifax for about a year? Moved, when, got here December 27th. December 27th. So almost, almost a full year. That's right. Holy shit. That's a, I was just thinking of the date. That's a crazy time to move. It was insane. That, that is sucky. <laughs> um, there were. winter. Yeah. <laughs> and Christmas. It wasn't the best time <laughs> to uproot. To uproot and to also like Halifax is gorgeous. Mm. Halifax at the end of December 
is not the place where you're like, oh, <laughs> I'm so glad I came here. <laughs> it's true. Our winners are brutal. It was because it was a big move. And uh, yeah, it, there were definitely a, a few weeks where oh, I was shit. like, oh. What did we do? <laughs> did you move here? Like, was it, what was the, did someone get a job here or? Uh, my partner started a, her PhD. Got you. Yeah. So there was, there was a finite reason. That's right. Yeah. And I, I work remotely, so. You can work from wherever. Yeah, which yeah, is yeah, great. Yeah. Which is great. Yeah. And for the record, I lo- it's great. I love it here. Yeah. But. Oh, good. Well, well, cause I want to ask you, cause so you're from BC. Yep. Um, where in BC again? I grew up in the Okanagan Valley. Okay. And lived in Vancouver for the last almost a decade. Oh, crazy. So, like, when I found that out about you, um, I wanted to bring this up because I feel like BC is so far away that, like, I don't know if I'll ever go. I hope to go at some point. Oh, well, that's great. But I, I just live vicariously through when people travel there and I see pictures. And I just picture Vancouver as a lot of high-rise buildings and water. That's not wrong. <laughs> um, and marinas. Yep, yeah, yeah. Uh, add in yoga pants. Yoga pants. And um, well, that's about pe- it. Lots of active people? Lots of active people. Yeah. Like, is sure. that like kind of one of the main yeah, demographics? It's, yeah, it's the kind of thing where like business casual there is like a North Face jacket. You know, like it's 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 a little obnoxious if, if we're being honest. That's hilarious. But um, it's beautiful. And there is like cool stuff there. Yeah. Um, I like to say this. Um, the the basic idea is East Coast friendly, West Coast not friendly, and there's a, that's basically true. But really, and this is coming from someone who's lived there like that's a long time. Yeah, basically true. Yeah. But one one thing I'll say, you can live on the East Coast for twenty years, and still be a come from away. I think. I lived in Newfoundland for a spell there. It's maybe more pronounced. Mm. Um, oh, yeah, Newfoundland for sure. Yeah. So it's kind of more, we're kind of more like, well, you weren't born here, so meh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Vancouver, you live there for two weeks, you're a Vancouverite. Really? Definitely. So The hmm. only thing is, no one cares. Yeah. Uh, so. Fair. <laughs> yeah. But I I have a full theory about how housing prices tie into this because that's another thing. Nobody can afford a house in Vancouver, or if you can, you're working so hard. Yeah. That means Mega rich. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That means no house parties. Right. Even for young people. Oh, right? That makes me sad. Totally. And that totally changes the social landscape. Because mm-hmm. Vancouver, if you're gonna hang out with friends, you're going to a pub. And it's going to be crowded, so you can only really get four to six people around the table. Mm. So that's how you hang out. And then here, it's more like, woo! Like anywhere could be a party. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. And it's yeah, which is great. <laughs> so like, I think that contributes to the to the friendliness generally. Why it's perceived as more friendly. Yeah. That's interesting. But the, yeah, the infrastructure. So okay. I can see where I peaked. That's okay. It was like a band of red, like this. That was a big woo. That's I call that a fun band. I'm proud of me. <laughs> I love that. I love having those 
those moments where you're like, yeah, I just did something so me, and I don't give a shit. That was a lot. That was a lot. So, okay, so BC. So, and have you been back since you moved? No. Really? No. Okay, yeah. It's so pricey to go up there. Yeah, it's a lot. Um, yeah. Yeah, I'll probably go within the next year. My uh, my family came and visited here, which was really nice. Oh, awesome. But I will say, uh, my mom grew up in Annie Ganesh. That's where I'm from. Okay. Shut the fuck up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. She's a beaten. Okay. We'll talk off mic. We'll okay. talk names off mic. I don't want to okay. potentially name anyone. Or we can bleep it. Yeah. Oh, my God. That's interesting. Okay. Do, where in Anakinish did she hail from? Do you know? Beaver Meadow. Okay. Interesting. It's not ringing a bell. But... It's like kind of farm country around. Yeah. Because I grew up out, like 10 minutes outside the town. Yeah. Um, which in Anakinish wasn't even really considered country but i wasn't a townie either i was right. just kind of a in-betweener um country nanaganesh is like you're a half hour away from the main town right right, right. like a half hour drive yeah and uh, so. also my dad from newfoundland oh okay so you have roots here i do have roots here you you're pretty much pretty much a maritimer i think if you got yeah. the roots there's that maritime attitude it's all about being born here <laughs> fuck there's a little <laughs> bit of that and that's fine <laughs> But it's, it is okay. a thing. But it is interesting, like like what you were saying about how, like the infrastructure and how, yeah, that's fascinating. Because even, even here, I'm like, I don't know if I could buy a house. Yeah. It, se- it still seems pricey to me. But then I think yeah. compared to Toronto, compared to Vancouver, like, it's good. Yeah. It's yeah. great. Yeah. <laughs> um. <laughs> We went to a real estate, well, to the bank in Vancouver. We're thinking of moving here. And we said, we think we could maybe buy in Halifax. And the the, the bank agent there was like, "Um, I don't usually deal with these numbers. Because he's used to a million, a million and a half, two million. Really? He had to pull out like a pad of paper and start like, and you make how much? Okay. okay. And you, okay. And how much is a house there? And he's like, yeah, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. You can like, do it. Yeah. Maybe. You know, he wasn't That's even hilarious. sure, but it was like, wow. It was really funny. Holy shit. Yeah. That's <laughs> madness. So, okay. So you grew up there. When did comedy come into the picture for you? <sighs> I forget exact dates. It would have been four or five years ago. Okay. Um, and it actually started because a good friend of mine took a comedy class. I hear about this a lot. This yeah. comes up a lot in the show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. a workshop. Oh, cool. Okay. And it was like, it was offered by Instant Theater, which is an improv company really? in Vancouver. And it was run by a guy named Adam Pateman, who's, you know, headliner. He was on comics back in the day. Uh, and it was four four two hour workshops followed by a show, a show each time. No, the fourth. Yeah. Oh, okay, like a showcase at the end. Showcase at the end. Cool. Uh, yeah, yeah. It was like a hundred bucks. Wow, something. that's really cheap. Yeah. Well, when you think about it, like there were you know twelve people in the class, and mm-hmm. um, yeah, twelve people, hundred bucks, twelve hundred. And that's four two-hour sessions plus one show, which they charge ticket prices for. So he made pretty good money. Damn. Yeah. 
Damn. Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah, I'm sure the venues and the, you know, the, the I'm sure it was split up, but moneymaker. Moneymaker. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but anyway, my friend took it and I was like, I can't believe how jealous I am. It was oh. shocking. Like, oh, that sounds, I should do that. So yeah. I did. I did. And um, it got me to an open mic. I did an open mic before I did that showcase, which was eh, marginal. And uh, yeah, I don't know. What was the energy like doing your first show? Were you nervous? Oh, the most. Yeah. The cone of silence. Yeah. Like I couldn't see. I couldn't hear anyone. It was like I it was a black room. I don't remember. I couldn't see a single face. Right. And I had no idea what I was doing. (laughs) But I'd written jokes. Yeah. So I just said them. Good. Did you br- you brought notes up? No. Really? No, no. Oh, I no. always wonder about that. I have a good memory. I also wonder, like, if I were to do it, like, would I need notes? Because, like, I feel like I would blank on certain things it, and probably need, like, a, a It reference. could help. I pretty much blanked, except, like, <laughs> I knew the words. So it was just like, uh, uh, have you guys ever noticed that? Yeah, it wasn't that. But, <laughs> but. Yeah. And like through the darkness, I did catch a couple like, ha ha, you know, little chuckles, which is, I mean, for your first show, like that's what you want. Yeah. Yeah. Something. Anything. Little, just even a smile. Yeah. And yeah. And I was like, this is the best feeling I've ever experienced. That's what like literally everyone tells me. Like everyone tells me that the feeling you get is like doing a drug. Yeah. 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 I will say like. I know if I've had a good or bad set the next morning before I'm even conscious, like my eyes open. And if I'm feeling great, like I had a good set last night. Really? Yeah. You feel it right away. Yeah. Yeah. And if I had a bad set, do you replay the bad parts of shows in your head? I will literally replay them on my recordings to be like, okay, what happened here? (sighs) Yeah, it was great. I would be so nervous listening back to bad sets. You know what helps is I have a friend, again, just know her and who I mentioned earlier. We send each other our sets. That's a good idea. And there's something about sending it to someone that makes you more curious about listening to it. Well, because it's not you. I think that well, there's so much bias in yeah. yourself and how you hear yourself. Yeah. Versus like how someone else hears it and perceives it. Yeah. You know, like because you can think it's great, but like you're you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, like. And I think the more you do it, the more you realize like it's not like my set isn't me. You know what? It's coming from me and I've worked on it. Right. But I'm no longer thinking like. They did or did not like me. Ah. It was like, there was a performance aspect. There was um, whether or not I fucked something up or whatever. Like, right. You start to see the building blocks more. Uh-huh. So, you know, okay, I see why that happened. And it's not like, I don't feel attacked that they didn't laugh. Well, that's really, really good. Because I think that that's something that some people definitely have in comedy. Oh, sure, sure, sure. Taking it personally. Yeah. Or, like, seeing it as a t- an attack on them. And maybe it's those, like, I mean, like, your comedy does, you, you do talk about your life. Yeah. But it's not too, too personal to the extent of, like. Yeah. I 
I heard a, an interview with Laurie Kilmartin, who was a writer for Roseanne and then lots of stuff and a great comic in her own right. She's a quote that I love, which is uh, she likes to start from the truth and get to lies as quickly as possible. Oh, interesting. And I that speaks to me because I want to start from some place that I feel real about. Yeah. And then move it to some place where it's just play. It's ridiculousness. Yeah. yeah. We're having Absolutely. fun. Absolutely. And I think that that's something like that's that whole concept is fairly new to me because I think when I used to hear stand up comedy, I always just saw it as total truth. And yeah. I'm like, oh no. In wait most a cases, second here. No, not at all. Yeah, wait a second. A lot is put in there for the literally for the comedy, like for yeah. the making it funny. Well, and to control like the audience's experience a little bit. Yeah. Like even if people are being honest. They're directing. Right. Right? So that, Very true. that's one thing I wish, I don't want to like t- talk to first timers or early no. timers. Talk to them. No, I do. Like I talk to them, but I don't want to be like, hey, yeah, consider yeah, yeah. this. Yeah. I just want to say like, hey man, nice to have you here. It's great. Right. Be, be welcoming, but not give the, not be like, hey, have you considered? So that's an interesting thing. Cause um, I've talked about this with a couple, um, comic friends um the idea of feedback and when it's appropriate to give feedback and when it isn't and how you give that feedback because i think so much of being a first-time comedian is getting comfortable on stage getting the stage presence gaining your confidence yeah and then at a certain point you have the confidence where you could start talking to people above you that, that you could start having those harder conversations because I can't imagine it's easy to have a conversation where you're like these jokes that you've been doing aren't working yeah that's hard to hear that I can imagine that that would be hard to hear I think so well and you know you wouldn't say that you wouldn't say it in that way what you would say is um well and it's not even you'd say this isn't working you'd say this thing that is working I feel like if you did this it would work better that's a great way to say it yeah and in most cases that's totally what it is Mm -hmm. because you see what someone's doing and you're like i love it it occurred to me though have have you tried this right and like if you know maybe they'll hear and they'll be like oh that's awesome i'm using that or they don't at all and that's fine too exactly but but yeah it does need to there you need to have a level of trust a level of trust and i think it's also to the timing thing because i know that um asking for like as a new comic it could be intimidating to ask for feedback from somebody right that's intimidating then it's also tricky being someone who's maybe watching someone you're like oh i really appreciate this person but like i have some tips for them how do i just go up to them and say i have tips for you like it almost needs to come up in a natural conversational way yeah yeah. and i think that those are like the the back of the room conversations that i've been privy to because i've just kind of sat there and listened but i've heard you know comics talking about oh fuck like just didn't quite get the like you know they're talking about their material and then someone will hop in and say oh well did you think about this? Like there's times and places. Yeah. And that's a great time to do it. And I I love that stuff. Yeah. But with a lot of like first timers, I think a lot of people, they watch the pros, right? And they're like, oh, so it's just telling stories or it's just talking about yourself. It's like, no, it's not. (laughs) 
don't do those things. I know someone who's going to appreciate what you just said. That just then. Good, yeah. <laughs> Big time. <laughs> okay. Well, that's... Andrew Vaughn okay. has said similar things. Oh, man. Um, just... Yeah. Yeah. Just how it's how it does come back to set a punchline and jokes, the structure of a you joke. Gotta, yeah. Not just a story. Yeah, absolutely. I've tried telling stories on stage and died. Yeah. Died. And, like, you realize if there's not the craft along the way... Right. ...to, to carry people along... And I think it's one thing, if you're telling a compelling story, sometimes silence isn't a bad thing. Like if people are emotionally invested for a minute or two and they're not laughing, that's fine. Yeah. But it needs to be built in such a way that people give a shit. Absolutely. And most stories that people are telling when they just get up and they're like, huh, the funniest thing happened the other day. My friend... And uh, it, they suck, you know. Um, when you were saying that, I instantly thought of Travis. Because when he tells a story, Travis Lindsay, like when he it's built. tells a story, he there are chunks of silence and then there'll be a little bit of a laugh. And then chunk of silence, a little bit of a laugh. And yeah. then it just builds and it's like a little more silence, bigger laugh, bigger laugh, bigger laugh, big, huge laugh. Huge like laugh, yeah. the way that he, like he's so good at that. Yeah. Shout out Travis. He's such a good storyteller <sighs> comic. Um yeah, it, it's it is fascinating, but but getting that skill, I mean, like he's been doing it so long. Yeah, it's taking him a long time to develop those skills. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Whew, it's a fucking grind, man. Yeah, it is. You know, it is and it isn't in the sense that it's it's fun, it's miserable. <laughs> I love that. But it's also fun. I well, I think the miserable. And then correct me if I'm wrong, because some people like miserable. I was gonna say, like, is it more of the business side of comedy that's more the miserable side? Oh no, um, yes. <laughs> <laughs> like the technicalities, the logistics. That's no the uh, making a career in Canada is such a hopeless yeah, endeavor. I know. Not even that. Going to open mics every week is miserable. It is. It's awful. Because you're watching jokes not work all the time. Right. And you're waiting. And again, this is... Halifax has this advantage. It's a smaller scene. And I just realized I should look at the camera more often. Uh, (laughs) Did did you like what you saw? Actually, I hardly ever look at it. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Well, we're having it, a good conversation. That's, that's, that's great. That means that we're not like, oh, how beautiful are we? Yeah. 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 yeah it's the sign of good calm. I'll, I'll, I'll save that for at home. <laughs> they say you could fall in love with somebody if you look them in the eye for three straight minutes. Oh, I've heard that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Two or, is two or three or something like that. Well, I, I just got so <laughs> distracted looking myself. <laughs> just stare at yourself for two to three minutes. Yeah. And be, oh, that's a good idea for self love. Mm. Stare at yourself like in the eye for yeah. a certain amount of time. But, Three three minutes, any more than that, and you'll start, you know. Well, I realized that it's such an intimidation thing because when Scott McLean was approaching me at the party, yeah, yeah. he kept doing the look me in the eye, Sarah, look me in the eye, and tell oh me that you're God. great. Like, and he was getting so close to me, and I was like, this is uncomfortable. This is out of my comfort zone. Yeah. Fucking Scott. I can't wait for his episode. We're going to get so into it. <laughs> I, haven't, I haven't talked that much with Scott. Uh, he's a character. That is for goddamn sure. <laughs> That's a great way to say it. Uh, he's, a, he's a great comic, great joke writer. Interesting person. Interesting person. <laughs> As we drink. 
But he definitely seems like a guy who's into the concept of tough love. Yes. And I, I actually am really excited for him to come back on because what I found to be very fascinating is seeing his interaction with his new girlfriend. I guess she's not that new. Right. But it's it was interesting to me. Yeah. Because it was very much so like, I'm sorry, Scott, if you, if you hear this and you want me to save it for your episode, I want to talk about fucking now. But he was very much so like... I don't deserve this. Look at how beautiful she is. She's the most beautiful woman in the world. And and both me and her were going, stop, stop. She likes you. Stop. Like, Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> this weird um, like pedestal mentality. Again, I feel weird. I don't know him that well, but I have him on Facebook. He was doing like exercise and diet. Yeah. And he kept posting things like, I'm getting up and exercising. And, and eating well because I'm a fat piece of shit. And if I'm such a fat piece of shit, you can get up and do it too. Yeah. And I was like, that works for you. And that's great. <laughs> that, that tone does not work for me one little bit. Interesting. The drill sergeant thing. Yeah. I hate it. Like, I'm just like, oh, I just fuck this. I actually, uh, I totally agree. And. You know, nothing on it. I think I I respect I mean, the shit he, out of his comedy. He broke me at the party. Like, I start crying. Like, he broke me. <laughs> and, like, but I think that's valid. Like, I think that works for a lot of people. Yeah. But when I do, when someone hits me with that stuff, I'm just like, okay, thank you very much for your interest in my, <laughs> in life. my life. I, um. <laughs> I don't know what to do with this. I'm I'm gonna go now. But yeah. I hope, I hope you have a lovely evening. Well, it's kind of, and it's weird because ever since that night, mm-hmm. I've started projecting that same hmm. tone. All right. I've found, I've found myself projecting it and then going, "Who the fuck am I?" Huh. But it, it, I I think what it comes from actually is just like. Like, this is a supercharged time in my life where, like, there's a lot of projects coming up, a lot of things happening, just a lot of changes. And I've just started realizing, I'm like, I'm going to refuse to be unhappy going I, forward. Yeah. Um, because I've, I've, I've been finding, like, every reason to be sad for so long. Yeah. And I had this, like, really clear moment of, like, hey, Sarah... It's just you in this life. You want you. You're probably gonna want to be happy at some point. Sure. Yeah. You're 32. Like if you were 24, like you got some time. You know, like but like you 32. You gotta get your shit together. Stop being. Stop feeling sorry for yourself. I That's might funny. Have, it might have been Scott that that did it, and then I started talking to friends about it. Yeah. And like I was projecting this kind of Tony Robbins esque like. If you want to do something, just do it. Just fucking... And I was just like, Sarah, who are you? <laughs> but I'm less aggressive. I'm more, like, positive. Like, Yeah. For me, it was... I had to get over the doubts that I've always had that prevented me from doing the things I wanted to do because mm. I didn't know that I had the right to do them. Ooh. Right? Is that, like, kind of imposter syndrome sort of? It's along those lines. It was definitely, like... Um, you know, like putting on something fancy to wear. You know, like why? Oh, who am I? Who do I think I am? That kind of <laughs> yeah, yeah. That kind of thing. And I realized at some point that is not helpful for me. The, oh, God, the no. fear of being that guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kept me from doing anything I really wanted to do. Oh, so interesting. 
what was more helpful for me was to start extending, again, coming from being a serious young man who's like, well, if it's not real art, then what are you really fucking doing? <laughs> I have a friend, by the way, who's still a serious young man. It's brutal. Yeah. But what I had to do was start extending the forgiveness I needed to other people. So yes. same thing, like pop music. Let's tie that back in. Yeah. I just start realizing like, no, those girls who I, <laughs> as a 20-year-old, found annoying. You would You would probably find me annoying. 20-year-old Kyle? Yeah. 20-year-old Sarah. May have found me annoying. Probably pretty likely. Yeah. And that guy sucked, so don't worry about <laughs> it. But. Yeah. But I realized I had to, to start saying, no, they're having fun. That's fine. And there's probably something. There's there's a good <laughs> thing to what they're doing. Yeah. And I had to start realizing that. Mm-hmm. So that eventually I could reflect on what I was into and be like, it's fine. You're fine. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, but that's a hard, it's hard to come to terms with that. Yeah. And I think that that's <laughs> like, that's a gradual, and I had a thought and it went away. It's fucking whiskey. <laughs> Literally as you were saying that. Oh yeah. Okay. So you were saying, um, you, you had to forgive other people. I would say I was so afraid too of being pretentious. Yeah. For like liking you know poetry or something dumb like that, right? right. Like I just don't want to I just don't want people to think like I think I'm being better than them. Um <laughs> that I would like restrict myself from actually liking the things that I like. Oh, I see what you mean. Right? You were maybe too concerned about what yeah. people thought. Yeah, yeah. And and I realized, okay, I just need to not worry about that and just like what I like. Oh, yeah. Um, and let other people like what they like. And when you truly get rid of that, it feels so good. Like, I've just started t- asking myself all the time, is this serving you right? Yeah. Like, when I when I feel an emotion, like, whether that be anger, sadness, resentment, like, <clears throat> I literally go, is this serving you right now? Yep. What is this doing to move you forward? Oh, it's not doing anything? Stop. Just stop. Right. You know? And that thought control, I didn't always have that. Sure. I, it's so easy for me to get mad and angry and resentful and... Yeah. Like, at, like the anger. Anger, especially, is a hard one. Because it comes out in tricky ways. Sure. You can, yeah, yeah. you can push it down, and then it will come out in, like, little snide remarks, or um, it'll come out, like, in drunken arguments, or, you know, stuff like that. Yeah. And then we say, oh, we were drunk. We didn't mean it. We meant it. Yeah, on some. It level. was just the excuse that the drinking brought it out, or yeah, or maybe um, yeah. And I think that's the other exercise: is I'm having this response that I don't like. What is it serving? What what's it? What's this doing to yeah myself and others? I would well, I would say like clearly you want it on some level. Yeah. What want is that? Is that coming from exactly right? Like and. Like a lot of people, like if you're being judgmental of everyone around you, yeah, serious young man syndrome. Serious young man. Uh, it's because you want to feel like you're doing something right. Yeah. Like you want to feel like the things that you're into are in a way like morally correct. You yeah. Know? Um, and that's useless. Useless. Yeah. Let people have fun. Yeah. Like 
So I, 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 I then assume based on this, are you, you're probably not someone who gets into comment, Facebook comment wars. I have a rule. Um, cause yeah, I think comment wars are useless. I think, uh, but I think sometimes you have to change. You have to try to change someone's mind. Mm. You know, I appreciate that a lot. Yeah. So I have a rule, which is when it's someone who I feel like I can, I can kind of influence like family. Uh, I will try to make one point. Right. So I won't try to win. Right. But I'll try to say, have you considered this thing? Right. Not like bullet points. Have you considered this, 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 like a whole running list? Just just one point. One thing that I think might make a difference to how they're thinking about it. And then I will unfollow that conversation (laughs) and walk away. Because Oh, that's a good idea. The second step in particular, the unfollow, like you post it and then you're done. They're arguing always comes across as bullying online. Everyone takes things personal. Everyone takes things personal. And even if you're right, if you spend 600 words convincing someone you're right, all they're feeling is this person is attacking me. Yeah. And, oh, it's such a common thing. And then their back goes up and they don't learn a thing because they're just like, that person sucks and I don't like them. And anything they're saying is just to hurt me. Yeah. You know? So so that's my rule. One point, walk away. And I think there's like there's such a difference between conversation and arguing. Like, I feel like a lot of times with I think certain relationships or friendships in my life, I will want to start like a deeper conversation and it is pursued as it is seen as me trying to start an argument. And I'm like, no, like I'm actually really interested in this shit. And I want to talk it out and I want to hear your side. Like doing this fucking podcast sure. and getting deep like we're getting deep right now sure. has actually ruined me for certain friendships. Because see that. Because I'm more critical. Huh. And and then I approach that like criticalness with like honesty and questions. And then I'm seen as starting drama, starting a fight, starting an argument, starting conflict. Sure. And it's like, well fuck, like I have so many new people that I've met that like like we're each other's therapy. Like like it's just a therapy session. Like we're just talking out our life and yep. and evolving as people. And it's like, oh well fuck. Like if you just want to have service level convo, like I don't know if I can do that anymore. Sure. I I like surface level combat. I mean, and every now and then, it's yeah. great. Yeah. I, I But, like, I love getting deep. Sure. Yeah, and, yeah. That, and, that, and it's actually, like, ruined me for certain. <laughs> for certain. Because I, I, I think I've, I've done, I've looked at myself so critically that I look at other people more critically now. Okay. In other words, like, oh, they just did that thing that I didn't like. But here's probably why they did it. Yeah. Because da 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 da, da therapy stuff. Childhood. Yeah. Trauma. Blah, blah, I do. My thing is I will. I want to be friends with everybody, but I'll keep a distance with most folks. Right. Until, you know, until it makes sense to close until it makes, distance. Yeah, that's totally fair. Because yeah. that's also a self-defense mechanism, too. Yeah. Like, you know, you don't have to be besties with everybody to oh, have friendly no. relationships, you know? Fuck no. And I mean, what is a bestie? What's the definition? Yeah, that's true. Because I've always considered it more of a tier 
than a person. That's funny. I I think I have a definition. That's Ooh. my definition. A bestie is the person who you can be with, who you are most at ease being yourself with. Oh, I forgot about the bell. You can take it whenever you want. No, that is, that's really, really good. And when you can't, like, because I think a lot of, especially women, especially women, they, and it always, this is what it always comes down to, bridesmaids. Okay? (laughs) Sure. It it, it will always come down to this because. Mind if I. Go nuts. This is exciting. Um, So when you're picking bridesmaids. And I've had friends that have been like, you're not in my wedding, but you're my secret bridesmaid. Like, you you were supposed to be here, but because I've known these other women, it, it goes off of years of knowing. That's a real thing, for sure. And, like, and so a lot of people see best friends as that. I don't necessarily see it that way. Yeah. Because there's people I've known a long, long time that, like, I don't feel comfortable being my full self around. Definitely. So that, by your definition... Does not make them my bestie. Yeah. I think, you know, there's something to history. Yeah. Length of length of relationship. Yeah. And and um, it is funny, like when you hang out with someone who you uh, have that history with, the way you fall into certain patterns can be really great or awful, depending. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, like I have a few old friends who when I see them feels great. And then I have a few who are like, okay, we are... At, you remember a part of me that I don't like that much. Oh, I hate that. Yeah. They kind of stay in the past. Yeah. Sort of like. You know, some some old friends of mine, they stay in the past. And some, I'm like, you know too much. Yeah. <laughs> you, you, you know the me that I don't love. Yeah. Um, and that's not on them. But also, too, I think a real true best friend would know those parts of you. But also accept that and you've changed. It. That's true. Yeah. Or that you are making an effort to change. That's true. Yeah. You know, because like I get that too. Like, like there's so many things about me that people put on uh-huh. me and I'm like, no, I've changed. Like, relax. You don't always know me, even though I'm an open person. Totally. I talked with someone recently who uh, is still best friends with her grade school besties. Like elementary school. Yep, I'm, I have one that I've known wow. since grade two. Wow. And I realized if I went back to my hometown and someone recognized me, I would be so insulted. Really? Because I, <laughs> I've taken pains. <laughs> yeah. To not be, to look different. You, mm. you don't grow a beard because you like the way you look. Right. Right. You know? Yeah. Um, so yeah, like. If someone's like, oh, my God, you're Kyle Carpenter, then I'm like, I'm doing something right. There you go. But but if, if someone was just like on the street, like from from grade school, like Kyle and I and like were not tight with me or grew with me, uh-huh. I'd be like, I don't like this. Right. Because they're like they're pinpointed bit. to like a part of your life that. Yeah. You didn't like. Totally. Yeah. 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 And again, that's not on them. That is all coming from inside the house. Oh. oh yeah. Well, I I get I get panicky when I see people from like high school, like let's say like a grocery store situation, like where you see someone and you have that moment of okay, they haven't seen me yet. I could make eye contact and start a conversation, or I could not, 
And it's very telling what you do in those moments. That's true. You know, like whether or not you take that leap of like, okay, so now we have to get into the basics. Are we married? Are, is there kids? What are we doing for work? Like right. it's those three things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How much and how much work is it to figure that out? Yeah. I often say like it's almost like you have to come up with like a like a mission statement for yourself that yep. you like a Sparks Notes version like of what of what you like like can just say really quickly that will sum <laughs> everything up. Welcome <laughs> welcome to my TED talk on how great I'm doing. That I've curated yeah. specifically for you so that I don't feel lesser than based on where you're at in life. Look. Because yeah, <laughs> um. I, 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 I've been, I'm working on it and I'm getting better, but I, I, I can't help. And I don't know if you've had this being in your thirties either, but like, I can't help, but sometimes feel like life is passing me by and sure. that I'm not at where I need to be. And I have to constantly remind myself that we're all on different journeys and paths and yeah. life's going to be drastically different for everybody and that nicholas sparks version of what i thought my life would be it ain't happening it's not yeah. that. it's not that's not my life i will say this my favorite people have all failed at something absolutely like success is boring it it's just is. dull um it, there's no yeah there's nothing to relate to in it yeah uh, oh, oh my God! This will be the most pretentious thing I say. Say it all night. David Foster Wallace once said, "Who's David Foster Wallace?" He's the guy who wrote that book, Infinite Jest. It's this fucking thick. Oh, okay. Um, I'll go to and the most obnoxious dudes you've ever met. Okay, love that book. Okay, <laughs> the Infinite. Just infinite jest, infinite yeah, yeah. jest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you know a dude who um, had a wispy beard, Tinder things are working out for you. <laughs> if you knew a dude with like a wispy beard and like a scarf, he fucking loved David oh, Foster for Wallace. For fuck's sakes! But he's still a good writer. Yeah, despite yeah, yeah. despite the fact that he's loved by shitty, un, you know annoying people right um like but, the most pretentious hipstery people totally but he once said he he played tennis uh at an almost professional level and he read uh the autobiography of a tennis star that he really admired a woman i, I forget who uh-huh. uh and he said it was the worst book he's ever read because there's nothing interesting about what it takes to be an athlete or a or a star athlete because it's all like i focused on the game i went out there and i, I won, won. <laughs> i didn't even know and i just i just filled it in for you because yeah, so exactly. wow because that's not that's not interesting at all there's no narrative yeah yeah i i've been known to say on the show a number of times that i don't trust people who haven't struggled and yeah. that 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 phrase is often taken the wrong way Really what I mean by that is, like, I don't know if I can confide in someone who hasn't struggled in some way. Like, my favorite people are the people who have overcome struggles or are still struggling. Yes. And are finding a way to manage it. Because yeah. I think we all are. Yeah. Um, and people who just have a very linear... And, and mind you, I also understand that not everybody showcases their struggles. And a lot... Yeah. I have to, like, acknowledge that. Because I'm very open about my life but not everybody is mm -hmm. so that said like i might see someone who i think has a linear 
progression. And maybe they're dealing with a thousand different fucking things in their life. That, For sure. You know, but growing up as a woman, it's very much so put on you. Get married, have kids, get a job. Like maybe get a job or maybe don't. Like, right. and those are the pillars of have you made it or, you know, success. That was put on us growing up. That doesn't mean that that's what For it sure. is. Your yeah. vision, your, how you see success needs to be personalized. That's true. Yeah. And grappling with that image means something. It means you had to step away. Yeah. And that's, uh, that's way more interesting. Way more interesting. Like for me, it just had to be like, certain things aren't going to happen. You got to be happy in another way. Yeah. Yeah. And that's you great. Just gotta, you just got to figure out what it is to be happy in this moment, whether it's today, tomorrow, a week from now, whatever that is. Mm-hmm. For me, it's just a daily thing. Yeah. I feel like my life's a shit show. I don't know. Like, how do you... Because you, you do comedy. Yeah. You also work... Like, you work from home. Yeah. So, you are self-motivated. Yeah. Uh, uh, you, you aim to be self-motivated. Yeah. <laughs> That's That must be tough, though. Yeah, it's it's always... It's a, it's a constant battle with the self. That's what it is. For sure. Yeah. Uh, what I found is just weird little rules you have to set for yourself. Like if I'm not working by 9am, the whole day is fucked. Like I just know that. Yeah. Um, maybe 10, like 10, sometimes I can slip in and like lock in. But if I hit 10, 30, 11 and I haven't like meaningfully started. Right. Like sat down. Yeah. Open the email. Done a significant chunk. Right. Then there's a part of me that knows, like, it is time to start cleaning <laughs> because nothing else is happening today. God damn. Yeah. And are you a morning person? No. So is 9 a.m. the time you set in your head as the time that you should be starting work? Uh, I don't know what it is. It is like I've shifted more towards the morning over time. Part of that is uh, being with a morning person. Oh, yeah, that could do it. So I went from a schedule that was probably like uh, 11 to 3, mm. just naturally, like that's where I thrived, to more like, you know, 7.30 to midnight. Right. You know. Because I think that that's a huge thing. I think that like, because I'm a night person too, and I will naturally sleep until noon most times. Yeah. But you're right. There's, even though I am, and I feel like that's when I would be like the most rested, there's something about starting your work so late in the day that like sets you up for like failure because you're feeling like you yeah. have to rush to that 5 p.m. end time. That's true. Because 5 p.m. is fun time. Yeah. Yeah. For the majority of people. Totally. And, like, you know that that's in your head, so you're like, once you start, you've done three hours, and five o'clock hits, you're like, oh, well, I'm done, right? Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah, I can call it a day, right? Yeah, because I was unemployed for a bit, and, like, I was just like, fuck, this is hard. Yeah. Like, not having tasks, but, like, having to work. It's brutal. <laughs> having to work to get work. Yeah, it's the worst. It's Literally the worst. the worst. I have terrible hustle. For someone who like freelances, I have bad hustle. Do you really? Yeah, for sure. See, cuz I wouldn't have I like just knowing what I knew of you, I wouldn't I wouldn't have said that. A lot of uh the work that I have that's regular comes from friends, just knowing people who are like in the field who are like, uh, "Hey, I have extra stuff. Do you want to take it on?" I'm like, "Yeah, I sure do." Sure do. And that's kind of built into a stable of regular. 
clients. Right. Because yeah. do you find that there's stability in that? Mm, yes. Having regular clients is good. The problem is it's really possible to kind of be spinning your wheels and not making a ton of money. Like if you have okay. just like a minimum level of work, it's possible to let that become your full day. Right. So that's my problem. But having the regular clients is, is essential. Key. Key. Yeah. Yeah. Because one-offs, every one-off takes like hours to get. Yeah. So like of meetings and talking to them and finding out what they want and then you do the work and maybe it's just like six hours. Fuck. And then you've you've spent four hours getting that six hours. Fuck. And that's the worst. I'm I'm just like ever since our talk at the tea room, my mind has been supercharged thinking about stuff like this. Yeah, yeah. Because I've been realizing that I don't think I'm meant to work for anybody. I'm right. I'm starting I'm starting to slowly realize that perhaps the better route to go is to start my own situation where I'm just working for myself. Could be. But I'm terrified. Like, I'm number one terrified. I don't know what I'm doing. And we had a good talk that night that yeah. clarified, oh, a lot for me. Good, good, good. In a good way, but also a way of like, holy shit, I've been fucking myself. In yep. more ways than one. <laughs> um, <laughs> low-hanging fruit. That's great. Um, so, yeah, it, it is, I, I think, self-employed people, freelancers, like, we need to all be talking to each other. Oh, yeah, for sure. For sure. That is the thing. Like, there's so much stigma around talking about money and employment. Yes, this is what I, I want to bring this up. And it, yeah. Yeah, and it, it fucks everybody. Fucks everybody. Because, like... If you're just kind of going off of a guess of what you think you're worth, yep. like you're going to fuck yourself. Yep. You're probably going to undercharge yep, and screw yourself over for money because we can't all fucking lie and say that money doesn't help. Like money, having more money would get me to a so much better spot in life. Oh, for sure. And I'm not ashamed to say that now. No, that's, you know, that's for real. Yeah. <laughs> Money's good. It, that is... Undeniable. We like money. <laughs> I mean, that that's the situation is bad. We yeah. can agree on that. Yeah. But it is also the situation for the time being. For the time being. Yeah. And I think it's also interesting because like, would you see yourself as somebody who uh, like, I don't know. I know a lot of people who are very much so like, I'm a three figure guy and this is who I am and this is what I'll always be. And like, I need this three man. figure. Yeah. Yeah, I know someone who's pretty, pretty freaking well off. Okay, I thought three you were going salary. the other way. Oh. I thought you meant <laughs> like three figures per annum. Like, oof, ooh, that would be a hard road to hoe. But like, do you think it takes away from, how do I even phrase this question? Like having a desire to make a lot of money. Do you think that that's a good thing or a bad thing when it comes to hustle? Um, I mean, that's such a complex answer. Yeah, it really is, eh? Like, um, we should all be comfortable. Yes. I'm going to say that. That's a great, great way to say it. Uh, I think there's a kind of unrestrained growth that's bad for everybody. Yeah. Like economic growth. Um, 
I don't like people who just think that, yeah, you know, I just need to add zeros and life's good. Like, I think that sucks. Yeah. But we should all be respecting our own time and our own worth Worth. in relation to what we're asking for from people. And that's what's so mind blowing. Yeah. Because if you've grown, if you've spent your whole life just working for other people, you see your worth as like a dollar per hour, right? Um, Yeah. Right. And you don't necessarily see it as all these other things that go into like what you're worth. And they will actively diminish that worth for you. Like just, just little ways like making sure that your lunch break doesn't go too long or like, you know, uh, we have a culture here where you show up (laughs) half an hour before work. Oh, fuck those places. Yeah. Fuck those. So that's another thing. I got, and I'm I'm sure some of them might listen and listen. We're all different. I saw a meme the other day. Sure. That was, it was from, again, comedian Jared Freed. I retweet a lot of his tweets a lot, but it was essentially like, I'm going to actually find it because it was so good. And it was like, do you ever see someone who works at a, a, I'm just going to paraphrase it. Do you ever see someone who works at a quote unquote cool workplace and they're always posting things like, oh, karaoke Friday. And then, and then you're thinking, we just want to go the fuck home to hang out with our real friends. Totally. <laughs> we want to get out of here as soon as possible so that we can hang out yeah. with our outside of work friends. I uh, I joked once. I see all these people saying we work hard, we play hard. Like that's <laughs> like that's a good thing. And I'm like, I work soft, I play soft. <laughs> And I would consider working medium, playing medium for the right position. Right. right? I work. I no part of me wants to play hard. Are you kidding me? Oh, my God. Because I don't like when companies force culture on you. Yeah. Or do things like we're having a mandatory party eh. after work hours. It's like. Go if you want, but like, don't make people feel like they have to. Yeah. Because I think there's a lot of people who are really good at separating and, you know, when I'm in work mode, I'm in work mode and like my social self is outside of work. That's yeah. fine. And you know what? If you want to be friends with coworkers, fucking kudos to you. Sure. It's been a long time since I've been in a work environment where it felt like a team, felt like a family. And so I just haven't had that. Yeah. In, in like a long time. So who knows? Maybe if I did have it, maybe I'd like it too. But yeah, I don't want to be forced to play ping pong. No. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I think if the company brings in like a flat of beer or something at, and pizza at 4 p.m. on Friday, it's like, let's have some fun and then we'll, let's go home. Like, that's great. I, I love that. Yeah. That's a great way to do you it. You know, and then if people want to self-organize, let's, let's keep the party going. Like, you can do that. Self-organized. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. We're all going out for drinks after work. Do you want to come? Oh, shit. I'm busy. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. We've got to walk the dog or like, I'm so tired. And yeah. and for like both of those to be legitimate answers that are accepted. Absolutely. Like. It's just so, so funny to me. Yeah. And it's also really funny to me that these cool companies are also the same companies that are underpaying their employees. Oh, for sure. But they're making them feel good with all these really weird perks. And I'm like, uh, you want to you wanna really fucking motivate me? Pay me more. Yeah. See what happens then. Pay me more and give me adequate support to do my job. Yeah, adequate support. Yeah. 
That because that's the big thing. Like a lot of times, how do we increase workforce engagement? Let's come up with a star award. Where- <laughs> Where every week we choose someone who did a really nice thing and we'll put it on the wall. <laughs> like, no, how about you give, like, when someone asks interdepartmentally, like, hey, can you give me um, this information? How about you give that information? Try that on for size. <laughs> I can't take this. See how that feels. Just based on the week I've had, the things I've dealt with, I can't take the battle. <laughs> It's so true. That's a fun belt. Do you ever think that you could be a boss? And manage uh, people, like manage like a physical team? I could, but it would take a lot of self-work and discipline. And mm, I want to qualify what I mean by discipline. Yeah. I don't think that I, I don't place any value now after the life I've lived and the way uh, I realize I work. Mm. Um. I don't think discipline is um, sitting down and just like thinking really hard about the person you want to be and then being that person. Yeah. I think it's externalizing every decision you can possibly make. Right. So along those lines, uh, I need to work by 9 a.m. I just realized that about myself. It's a thing that I've come to after years of kind of being a procrastinating fuck. Yeah. Uh, just know that's the rule and I need to do it or using tools or like scheduling apps or mm-hmm. anything I can get my hands on that works to take the decisions out of my hands. Oh, absolutely. Right. I, I like to do the whole um, like if I'm scheduling something or trying to arrange something, I'll say something like, can you do me a favor just because I don't want to forget this important thing. Right. Can you do this? Yeah. Like, like I've done it with podcast guests before where it's like we've scheduled something, but it was in passing. I'm like, can you do me a favor? Can you just message me and let me know? Like, send me a quick message that says record with Sarah on this date. <laughs> yeah. Like, I literally just ask. Yep. Because we we're at an age. Like, I'm 32. You're 38. You know yourself in your 30s, like, way better than you do in your 20s. And you know what you fuck up on. Right. And having that self-awareness to know where you fuck up. Yeah. You can then ask people to be like, this is how I operate. Like, can you do this? Sure. Yeah. Can you do this for me? Yeah. Or even just using the apps that get you there to whatever. Remind yourself. Whatever it takes. Whatever it takes. Yeah. I feel like I'm constantly just scared that I'm fucking up all the time. Oh, sure. Everyone is. Everyone's scared and everyone is fucking up all, all the, the time. time. But, uh, you know, you work through it. Yeah. Um, or you don't. And then <laughs> you do afterwards because that went so badly. Yeah. How do you deal with stress? <coughs> stress? Oh, man. This is going to be a long answer. I think necessarily. Um, I have a strong fuck it response to stress. Which is once I'm stressed enough, I let everything slide and play video games, right? Which is not good. So I know, like, I need to not get to that level. And that means taking steps to counter it. Um, my brother, who is my favorite person, is a lot like me. And he recently, at some point, he realized... Um, I'm not doing well enough on my own. I need to go get some help. And yes, and that's, yeah. that's great. Yeah. So, um, 
And uh, he got diagnosed with anxiety uh-huh. in a non-medicated way. They just said, you got this? Uh-huh. You need to deal with it proactively. Uh-huh. So just put in routines. Routines, so key. Exercise. Um it's so important. It's pretty important. It's crazy. Every single business owner will say that. Sure. Exercise every day or go for a walk every day or something. something. Get those get those endorphins. Um anyway, but I talk to him all the time and I will say like he's put in so much hard self-work, but he tells me about it and everything he tells me I'm like, "Oh, that is familiar." Oh, yeah. That is familiar. So I've had like a weird shortcut to self-knowledge by really? having by having a brother who like we just we share a lot of inputs. Right. And I uh, love him so much. Oh, but, goddamn. Yeah. But he's he's done the work and he'll sort of tell me like, yeah, so this is I've realized I feel this way. So I've been working on this way. And I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> oh, shit. Oh, my God. And then I get to go and implement some version of that, too. Right, to make it better for yourself. Because you know you're just like him. Yeah, like, not just, but like, we share a lot. He always felt things more acutely, and I was always a little more like, me. Yeah. I always like to say, uh, I have more padding, both uh, physically and emotionally. (laughs) Emotional padding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that that must be nice. What's that like? Emotional (laughs) padding? I I don't have any of that. I assume what that means is... You don't, you're not someone who, like, if I came at you with something, you wouldn't go emotional. You wouldn't react emotionally right away. I would leave. (laughs) You're avoidant. No, I would think about it. And um, if I felt like you were wrong, I'd probably stop talking to you. (laughs) Interesting. I like that, though. Like, and if I felt like you were right, I might work on it. But like, I'll take the time. I think I'm pretty good at being like, if someone comes at me with an accusation, um, a I don't want to deal with that person right away. Uh-huh. Uh huh. But I'll I'll absent myself and think about it. That's fascinating. Because back Ruminate. to back to the thing about arguing and comment wars. Nobody changes their mind right away. Nobody no. does. Everybody needs to leave and think about it. So, and I think that's a fault of the online world we're in where people want instant results. They want an instant like response, comment back. They want you to apologize Mm -hmm. and be on their side right now. Mm -hmm. And that's never going to happen. Never. Mm -hmm. The best you can hope for is a week later, they're thinking about and they're like, I was an asshole. And they change their life going forward and you never see it. Would you like to see it though? Like, like, cause when you mentioned like the posting of the comment and then not following that, I don't, part I don't of you want to see, see it? it. You don't. Okay. That's no. interesting. No, for sure. Huh? Um, like if that's someone who keeps coming up in my life, maybe. Right. But I don't need someone to repent in front no. of me. Yeah. Um, and that's part of it. Like everybody's dealing with their own shits. I just want to be able to say, have you thought about this? Have you thought about it this way? And then not demand that they change because that means they will never. Just to consider something. Yeah. Just consider it. Put this in your library and maybe a week later, maybe a month later, yeah. it'll mean something to you. God, 
Goddamn, so true. We're we're too obsessed with the instant gratification. I think that's true. Yeah. yeah. And even teaching, like teaching eighteen year olds, uh, their brains aren't fully developed yet, and no. they're not going to get everything you give them. No. But I remember, like my teachers, I didn't get stuff that they told me when I was that age. But three years later, maybe I thought about it. I was like, oh, yeah, that makes sense now. Right. You know, plant I love, seeds. It, when, I love it when that happens. Totally. It's the best. And then if you want to send a message to be like, hey, that thing you said like a while back, I'm just letting you know, like, I'm it, it hit me now. That kind of thing. Like, yeah, I've never done that. <laughs> <laughs> never. But would you would you like to hear that? Um, it would if it happened, it would be nice. It would be nice. Yeah. But I don't, but don't, I don't it. expect it. No, no way. That's f- you're a fascinating person. No, thank you. Like I, it's 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 interesting how you operate. <laughs> I just want to. I like it though. I want to give people space. I want to incorporate more of that into my life because okay. I, I I feel like it's easier or it makes things easier on yourself. Yeah, I think so. And it helps you not care what people think. Well, yeah, and I want to. Again, I was a pretty judgy young dude. Serious young man. Serious young man. And it didn't serve me at all. Yeah. Yeah. And so, like, I've just been detangling that for the last two decades, basically. Two decades. Holy shit. Yeah. Well, fuck and Christ. This whisk. I love the whiskey episodes because they get so deep and... And I and I enjoy it quite a bit. This was this was a lot of fun. I have one more thing for us to do. Oh yeah, the surprise. This is the surprise thing. So I'm gonna actually play this on the speakers. I'm gonna capture the audio. Um, so I this. Do you know of the app Cameo? Uh no. So Cameo is a video platform. Okay. Um, that celebrities use to make some money. So you can pay a certain amount of money to get a video clip from a famous, it's mostly like, like B tier. Yeah, you got it. Um, and to like record a message. So sure. it can be like a happy birthday greeting or like anything. And there's some interesting people on sure. the cameo website. It's like Kathy Griffin. Exactly. Kathy right. Griffin. And it's fascinating. So you can scroll through. And, like, see the different celebrities and, like, what they charge. Whoa. And, like, Kathy Griffin charges, I think, 500 bucks for hers. That makes sense. For, like, a short little video. Sure. Like, and it might even be more than that, actually. Um, So it's really interesting. So what happened recently <laughs> was someone paid friggin'. Holy crap. Pat McGrath. Is it? Yeah. Mark McGrath. Mark McGrath. Yeah. To break up with somebody via cameo. Oh no! <laughs> so this is too good for me not to uh, not to play. So I'm gonna play it right now. Please do. It is Mark McGrath from the band Sugar Ray, off the charts, but always in your hearts. And this cameo was booked by Cheyenne, and she wants you to know a few things. And oh. Of course it was booked by Cheyenne. You mean a lot to her. You mean the world to her. Oh, no. having difficulty staying in this long-distance relationship. You know, it's tough. I've been on the road for years, and I've been with my wife a long time, and the, the biggest 
arguments, the biggest you know obstacles in our relationships is the distance between us. It makes it very difficult when we're on the road, um, and it's hard. So Cheyenne is don't don't philosophize about this, Mark McGrath. To stay in this relationship, she still cares about you a lot. You never know what the future may hold, and she still wants to be friends with you because obviously she cares about you. It is Mark McGrath from the band. Okay, there's more. Wait. This is the second part. This is a lot. She wants you to know. Good luck on your thesis coming up. Oh, that's I nice. The best timing, Cheyenne. Uh. I'm doing a thesis, but I understand. You know, you got to work on your thesis, and life goes on. And um, you know, I'm sure there's big things ahead of you in the future, baby. But Cheyenne cares about you enough to let you know that she's thinking about you. But the long distance thing is just a little difficult for her. And she wants you to stay positive. She wants you to be friends. And she knows that um, you're a fan of the band Sugar Ray, which I'm honored. I wish I was delivering you good news. That, uh... Bro. But she wishes you nothing but the best. All the love in the world. Oh and do, 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 do your best on that thesis, man. That's it. Oh, my God. <laughs> my heart. <laughs> He's a fan of Sugar Ray. Yeah, that's... <laughs> away can you imagine you're speechless you were just like i have no idea i'm just if if i received that message from mark mcgrath i'd be like you know what this is on me <laughs> clearly <laughs> clearly i had a fantasy about who cheyenne was <laughs> that is not this for the best. This, this is, is for the best. the best. And his name is Brayden. Brayden. That is a serious young man name. If ever there Brayden. was one. Brayden. I God. picture frosted tips on that, that, that guy. But my question for you is. Okay. So. I'm worried now. Your girlfriend's going to break up with you. It's, this is the situation. It's There's no way around it. Who would be your the best celebrity? Okay. That she could hire to to do this via cameo and the worst. Okay, all right. Until recently, the best would have been Jeff Goldblum. Oh, that would be so good. But he there, would... yeah. But I, I feel like there's Twitter talk that stuff's going to come out. Oh no! Shut up. I don't mean to ruin him for anybody, but I mean I'm not shocked. But also, he's got he's got that kind of like weird Nosferatu vibe. Like you can see, yes, it. yeah, it seems handsy. He does seem handsy. Um, so until recently, that would have been it. I'm going to say uh, the dude from the B-52s. The lead, like lead singer? Yeah. That would be the best? Yeah. So that would be one that if, like, you would be sad that the breakup's happening, but if you got yeah. this message, you would be like, hats off. Yeah, yeah. Hats off. Yeah, if he was like, Kyle, <laughs> Megan wants to break up with you. I'd be like, yeah, okay. I can <laughs> if deal with that. If you did it in song, it would be even better. Yeah. Um, I just think that's how he talks. Yeah. Um, and the worst, Ashton Kutcher. Ooh. I don't know why, but like, the, I think the associations with punked would make me feel bad. 
And he would probably say something in the message that would be like, you ain't hey, punked, punked, bro. Hey, You're yeah. getting dumped. I think, yeah, any any breakup message that features bro is a bad breakup message. <laughs> it's I'm going to say that. It's very bad. I might change my best answer to Kate Bush. Is that okay? Kate Bush. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I don't know who she, who she is. British New Wave. It's familiar. She, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Kate Bush, I'm just going to It'd be pretty good. You would be happy with that one? I think so. God, it's just so ridiculous. I guess in like the history of Cameo, this has never happened. Oh, the breakup message. Yeah. So Cheyenne breaking new grounds. Cheyenne is an innovator. Cheyenne and... Brayden. Brayden. Yeah. Dear God. You know, it's funny. They, uh... For a couple that weren't meant to be together, they really did something very special. <laughs> I'm trying to pull in like a, a Sugar Ray reference here. Uh, oh! Cheyenne just wants to fly. Well, be, oh, because the actual um, the actual caption. So, Jilly Hendrix posted this, and I don't know if Jilly Hendrix is a. I don't think she's a comedian, but she's friends with a lot of comics. Um, but I loved her caption of this because it was like. Trigger warning, someone paid Mark McGrath via the, the celeb video app cameo to break up with her boyfriend over video message. Imagine waking up to a video message from Sugar Ray that says, Cheyenne is having a hard time being in this relationship with you. And then, and then she says, first off, this dude receiving the video's name is Bryden. Second, his favorite band is Sugar Ray. Third, Mark didn't sing when it's over. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I want to revise my worst answer. Ooh. Smash Mouth. <laughs> they, they would be in... I can see Smash Mouth doing this. Oh, my God. The thing is, is I wonder if she paid him more to uh, do this type of message. Smash Mouth or Guy Fieri, who I'm not convinced are different people. <gasps> oh, my God. So true. Holy shit, they're very similar. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. It's just insane. Conspiracy theory. Conspiracy. It's just fuck, so funny. Fuck this Epstein didn't kill himself. Guy Fieri and Smash Mouth are the same person. They were never in the same room together, I bet. So I'm sure I, that's true. I think this theory holds up. Yeah. <laughs> we're over time, so we're going to end this fucking podcast. Hey, thank you. This was so fun. Uh, I had a blast and drank some scotch, which was great. This was great do you have anything you want to plug any like show dates coming up or anything that the listeners can I stay mean, up to date with you show dates yeah, follow me on twitter at uh kcarcfh oh yeah on the twitter nets yeah, yeah okay yeah. sweet because you're not on instagram are you I'm, I'm not i've tried to find you on there i'm not a visual guy interesting but i'm okay so definitely I'm a word guy twitter okay yeah, what was twitter? your twitter handle again at kcar c k c a r c a f h Awesome. And uh, there's a reason for that, the CFH. Uh, there's, can you t- say what the reason is? I run a website called Clients from Hell. Perfect. So that's that. And, you know, add me on Facebook, and if we have some mutuals, I'll add you. Like, I'm Absolutely. Vetting yeah. process is necessary sometimes. A little bit, a little bit, but... I'm so stoked to have you on. This was great. This, this was, was fun. This was a great conversation. I think yeah. you're so funny and oh, doing great you. things. And uh, excited to see you going forward with stand-up. Thanks, yeah. And been, all of that. I will say Halifax comedy is great. Like yeah. The, the, 
the talent base and the experimentation that happens here is so awesome. That's so, and that's great to hear coming from somebody who has lived in another scene on the other side of the country. Yeah, you yeah. know, uh, like, we should have gotten into that more. But I know, hey, was, another time. It was actually on my list, but listen, I have repeat guests all the time. I've also thought about doing like collab episodes with other people. So like, even get you and Chris Halef on, and we can talk Chris. about that. Like, there's, there's, this is the tip of the iceberg. This is just your. Your Sparks Notes version yeah. episode. I will say, There's Chris. More to come. Chris is a guy. I feel like after set, I could go up to him and say, "Hey, good set. Have you considered?" And likewise, if he came up to me, I'd be like, "Oh yeah, of course. Yes, good, good tips." And he he loves getting feedback. I love it. Yeah, yeah, He's, yeah. He loves that. Good dude. Good dude. Good Chris Halaf. Happy birthday, Chris Halaf! If yeah. you're hearing this, oh yeah, the birthday <laughs> boy. I forgot to get him a card. <laughs> His present is this episode with you. There we go. That's your present, Chris. But Kyle, thanks so much. You get to actually end it with a bell ring. This is so good. Thank you. And you can do what you want. Free free ball. Oh, Uh, some people do multiples. That was good, though. Yeah. One is strong and solid. Definitive.